course, of course. Leave it to Bree. I start the music, and she starts getting all down to the music, and she... Well, I was slowly taking my headphones off, and I wasn't thinking about the fact that the music was playing through my headphones right next to the microphone. i got to turn you down again. You keep switching mics. <laughs> I always switch Every mics. time we have a guest, you switch mics. Jeremy moves me over here. I don't think he likes sitting next to me. Well, I, I, I like funny. being able to talk to you like... <laughs> Now this is this is more manageable where we're all kind of across from each other and Jeremy's next. That's to why me. I kind of want to get a round table. Okay, that'd be great. We don't have the space for it in here. So. Well, no, but when we get the storage room cleaned out again. Yeah, we'll see. We had it close. It's, it's not even close right we now. We had it so close, and now. It's but not there are things anymore. down there that will disappear soon. Yes. So a lot of things. Yes. Uh, anyway, this is the New Utah podcast. Uh, you found us, so you know who we are. Howdy. Uh, my name's Chris. Uh, that's uh, that fecker next to me is, is Jeremy. <laughs> is that right, Tom? Uh, is that Peter? Is that right? No, it's right. F- I finally, he said it. So he here's the it. thing, Peter. I know you listen to the show. Peter is our, our, our favorite guest in Ireland. Um, guest. <laughs> he's never actually been <laughs> no, a guest. No, he's never been a guest. Um, <laughs> but he gets talked about probably more <laughs> he, than any guest that like, we've had. He's like an honorary. Yeah, he's, he's like the fifth sitting member at the table. of the podcast. Yeah. It would be awesome if you would start sponsoring us, Peter, as much as we talk <laughs> about you. <laughs> so Peter does a the sod show, uh, which is send a, us a shrubbery. It's a show about fucking. That's growing the short one. Grass. See, I'm the shrubbery, and Chris is the is the bush. So Peter does a show about <laughs> growing grass in Ireland, which is not difficult. I, I'm guessing it's called the sod show. Give it a listen if you want. <laughs> I don't um, think sod and grass but are the he, same, are they? He, uh, sod is made of grass. It's just a thing. Anyway, so anyway, <laughs> uh, so Peter uh, always sends us messages. He sends us voice messages. Well, he sends them to Jess. And then she, she plays brings, them for us. She brings them to us and plays them for us. Sometimes, like, two months after he sends them to us. Um, <laughs> sometimes it's like the next week, but usually it's... It's, it's still all relevant. <laughs> it is, it is. It is so I forgot lives. every week, I'm like, oh, I forgot to play him again, and I'll message Brie, and I'll be like, I'm so sorry. I so and I'll be like, it's okay, we'll do it next so time. So apparently it's it okay for Peter to call me a fucker. Uh, fecker. Fecker. No, he calls me a fucker. And then he said, okay. I should call people feckers, because fecker's the nice one, and oh. fucker's the, the mean no, one. No, fucker is a movie. Fucker. Is the word? Yeah, fucker is how you say it in America, but he says it fucker. He's like, Irish. Yeah, but when you do an Irish accent, it cracks me up because it doesn't sound so anyway, Irish fucker, at all. Like the airplane. Fucker. So I, I do now know the difference between a shrubbery and a bush. They're the same fucking things. One's just a little bit bigger. One's um, sh- no. He said one was was broad, more substantial. A bush could and, be as tall as him. And it's, but it's, a shrubbery is short. So what about me. so what about our mini rose bush? It's because it's small, but. We have a climbing rose bush, which is fucking like seven feet tall right now. It's a bush. So I'm which pretty is sure it? the rose bush is a bush Are too. And bushes? if it were growing better, it would probably be bigger. No, I don't think it. The mini rose bush, I don't think it's. No, that big. it's mini because the roses are small, not because the bush is small. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. Then it's a mini rose shrub. It's, it's like just a been weenie. Repl- it's been replanted it's like four times. It has been replanted like four times. <laughs> Those fucking things are resilient. Roses it keeps are getting awesome. moved because it was. The girls gave it to me for Mother's Day, and then we moved, and then it got planted well, on one side one, of the house, and then we decided to let the lilies take over. So then it got planted on the other side of the house and the bishops we took over. So we finally moved it to the back. Well, and, bishops. Then, and then I found one from, we got like five or six of them one year from, from the hardware store. Cause that's where you buy rose bushes is the hardware store in America. Take, <laughs> take note, Peter, if you're ever over here, uh, don't there, you can go to a greenhouse, but really just go to the hardware store and they have plants there. Um, they're like hammers and nails. They're just plants. So anyway, we bought a bunch of rose bushes <laughs> and this was right after, like we had, 
we had Leah maybe a year at that point. And I don't even know if it was that long. So she took to just fucking gnawing on the rose bushes that we planted. Um, you know, because she the, pulled one of them out and just yeah, ate and it. just pulled one out completely. Well, no, 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 I found it. Oh, did you? And that's what got planted next to the mini rose bush on that other side. Oh. Was the st- so that's what I'm saying. Like it wasn't in the ground for like two years. I fucking found the thing randomly, planted it, and boom, another rose bush. Like it's uh, awesome. there's just some resilient. Are they miracle things. of Jesus rose bushes? No. Rising what? from the dead? No. What? Rising from the dead? Never no. mind. They're not Lazarus bushes. <laughs> First zombie, by the way, Lazarus, not Jesus, Lazarus. That is true. Uh, anyway, uh, but so Peter, <laughs> thanks for the thanks for the keen insight on uh, Irish speak. Also, I have to say, I'm just gonna play this because it's 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 fucking hilarious. It's really good. Hold on. Let me go find it here again. So, so Peter suggested that um, we watch Father Ted. Father Ted. Episodes of Father and Ted. Said, so I found this clip on, I just wanted to find a, a highly downloaded clip. And, and this is called, I Hear You're a Racist Now, Father Ted. So this is an Irish uh, comedy show. Um, and this is what I think of when I think of Ireland. Um, so Peter, you were, you were spot on and I'm going to have to hopefully like Netflix or Hulu or someone carries it. Cause I would love to, to watch it. It, it seems really funny. So we're probably going to get trouble for playing this, but uh-huh. he's got a lampshade on his head for those of you who can't see him and he's pulling his eyes. Come on, Dougal, lighten up. But now there's Chinese people at the window. They're mad. <laughs> I can't stop laughing, even though I've seen this like twice now. Dude, but there were Chinese people there. All right, chat. <laughs> I mean, what? what is... I mean, that's the Yin family. They're living over there in that old Chinatown area. <laughs> There's a Chinatown on Craggy Island. Dougal, I wouldn't have done a Chinaman impression if I'd known there was going to be a Chinaman there to see me doing a Chinaman impression. So I have a question. Is Chinaman offensive? I feel like it is. It's like calling someone an oriental. They'll think I'm a racist. I'm going to have to catch up with them and explain I'm not a racist. By the way, doing that shit makes you a racist regardless <laughs> of if someone watches you or not. Hello there, father. Uh, hello, Colm. <laughs> Out and about. Yeah, same as yourself. Good, good. I hear you're a racist now. <laughs> <laughs> what? How did you get interested in that type of thing? You said I'm a racist. Everyone's saying it, Father. Should we all be racist now? What's the official line the church is taking on this? Oh, no. Only the farm takes up most of the day, and at night I just like a cup of tea. I might be able to devote myself full time to the old racism. Good for you, Father! What? <laughs> oh, Mrs. Carberry. <laughs> Good for you, Father! But someone has a guts to stand up to them at last, coming over here, taking our jobs and our women, and acting like they own a second place. This woman is like sliding all over the road. She's so violently shaking things in her hands. So that's how Peter lives. Peter's in that neighborhood. <laughs> on on Triker or whatever. Yeah, that's where he lives. He hangs out there. I don't know if he really lives there. He lives he lives in farm country though. He does. Sure. So if you want on Amazon, 
Um, you can start a free trial of Acorn TV and it has the seasons on there. So do your seven day trial, watch it, and then cancel it. Is it on Prime by the by chance? Because we have all. Prime. Nope. It says Acorn TV. Hmm. Our daughter's so fucking lazy. She just sent me a text. I'm down here recording. She knows I'm down here recording. She just sent me a text. Do we have the stuff to make spaghetti? I said, I don't know. Look. They brought home chicken. Why are they making spaghetti? Because Cassie doesn't want chicken, I'm sure. Because they can't eat one thing. Like, they bought a fucking, like, a chicken meal. Like, eight-piece meal or something from Harmon's. And now Cassie wants to make spaghetti. Starving children in Africa. Well, to be honest, they sent me a text that said, Mom, we have a surprise for you. And I'm sure it was just chicken for me because I love Harmon's chicken. It is good. Hey, speaking of chicken, they're putting up the neon signs for Pretty Bird today. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but is it going to open soon? Uh, yes. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. It was going to open well, soon. Well, we have to make sure that we... It was going to open soon, like a year and a half ago when we... Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> we just had to make sure that we're readily available so we can go to the opening. Uh, yeah. Go eat some chicken. Some mm. Tennessee chicken. Tennessee? It's not Tennessee chicken. Yeah. It's Nashville, dude. I thought it was... Nashville is in I Tennessee. It, no, I thought it was curried chicken. No. Oh. <laughs> No. Whatever. I don't know. I don't believe it exists until it's open and I can have chicken in my mouth. I'm going <laughs> to tell him that. That's why I didn't tell him yet on I did go to, I Chris did doesn't go to, believe you. I did go to Bumblebee uh, the other day for lunch. I know. I was so jealous. The picture of their K-pop fries looks so good today. So I had their Yangstar wings, which uh, are fucking amazing. Are they bowed in? Yeah, they're wings. So you have boneless wings? They're not wings if they're boneless. They're pieces of they're chicken. They're called boneless wings. No, but they're not wings. They're pieces of chicken. <laughs> Aren't those are chicken fingers? Fry. Yeah, they're like chicken nuggets. Boneless wings, for anyone that is, is curious, boneless wings are chicken nuggets. I'm down. That's all they are. <laughs> or they're they're like chicken tenders that are cut in half. But they're not wings. Wings what's have the, bones. What's the, what's the tender part of the chicken? Uh, it's right next to their breast. Above the nuggets. Above the nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> Chickens that have sounds like a penis. Nuggets, tenders, and breasts. No, that'd be that's right be above their nuggets and below be their the breasts. <laughs> that would be the chicken pecker, which yeah, they don't the serve. No one really likes the chicken pecker. That's why you don't see it on the menu. No, <laughs> you can go get chicken peckers though. In some places, like Winco, probably sells chicken peckers. Probably next to next the to the feet. chicken feet. Yeah, they probably have chicken peckers. Because you can get chicken beaks, can't you? That's what their peckers are, right? The beaks. Yeah, yeah they, that's what they peck with. That's exactly. <laughs> That's what a pecker is, isn't it? I think they make good soup. Chicken peckers. Chris is like, that's the name of the episode. <laughs> chicken peckers. Mm-mm, good. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, chicken By the peckers. way, legislators, legislature, Whatever. two different words. Uh, speaking of people this up isn't there. This is Grammar Correction USA. This is the new Utah podcast. Very so you, you know that my cousin is married to the Come son on. of... No. Sam? Of uh, <laughs> Ted Cruz? <laughs> no. <laughs> Harper. You know, he's Senator the Zodiac. He's the Zodiac killer. You know that. <laughs> yes. Uh, wrong, wrong state. Uh, wrong time. Um, no. Uh, Senator Harper. And uh, he was over at their house over the weekend. And um, we were talking about how things are up on the hill. And uh, word on the street that uh, Mr. Weiler is posi- positioning himself for a uh, governor's run. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Someone's got to do it. Really? Not him. <laughs> Probably Mr. Chaffetz is going to position himself yes. for it as oh, well. Oh, let's have a Chaffetz uh, 
achieve its wilder path. Well, if if that happens, Spencer Cox needs to run, and I'll fucking yes, vote for him, and I the other two can him. go jump off a bridge. Uh, well, it's like I've been t- I've been talking about this a lot lately. Like, I'm all for moderate of whatever. So if you're a moderate Republican. I'm happy to sit down with you and talk to you because you're probably a fairly reasonable person. Well, to be honest, the governor's office typically is in the state of Utah much more moderate than our Congress is. Right. And and so I, d- I don't have a problem with Spencer Cox because he tends to be a fairly reasonable person. Where I run into problems is when people refuse to be reasonable, when they refuse to listen, when they refuse to participate, when they refuse to see any other way but their own, it's your their way or the highway, that's when we end up with America in a mess the way it is right now where nobody is willing to cross a party line. And if you dare to cross a party line, then you're condemned and ridiculed and you hop right back over there. So I'm all for, for, for the moderates. Can we talk about our holiday seasons? Is there a holiday coming up? What kind of holiday? I just want to talk about what happened this weekend in my house. Well, that doesn't so. have anything to do with the holidays. <laughs> no, we were at a holiday gathering of people. Yeah, but it would have happened whether we whether we were home or at a so, holiday gathering. So Sunday morning, this is like early in the afternoon Sunday, I guess. I'm, I'm outside breaking down boxes. For those of you that know the story about my leg, I was not standing on the boxes. It I makes me nervous still sometimes when else. he goes to break down boxes. I still kind of like there's something in the back of my head that goes, <laughs> me, I really hope he doesn't kill himself. Look, me and Cardboard have a precarious relationship. Uh, it's taken a lot from me, uh, and now I just <laughs> cut the shit out of it, but I don't do it by stepping on it ever if I can help it. So anyway, so we get back uh, from an event. So Saturday night at some point, I don't know, Saturday night, uh, for those of you that don't live in the state of Utah, uh, Saturday night was very snowy, very slick. Um, anyway, so Sunday afternoon, I'm tearing down boxes. My my neighbor boy, uh, next door neighbor kid, comes over and he's like, hey, did you see the fence? And I'm like, oh, fuck, what happened? Like, and and I'm thinking, you're probably thinking it was the wooden fence that's always yeah, falling over. Thinking, so the fence, the fence between our yards uh, is old, was put in shittily. It's like 24, 25 years road. <laughs> is that a new word? Yeah, shittily. <laughs> uh, and we've had to we've had to pull it up and put in some... It's like propped up with like trampoline parts right now. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's not in the greatest of shapes. And I'm like, oh, fuck, did it fall over? And we're going to actually finally have to replace it. Uh, so anyway, so I look back and from where I'm standing, I can see that our back fence, the one that's along 6200 South, is completely laying in my backyard. Like well, not the ha- whole Well, fence. no, but like half of it is just Not like half flat. of it. Two panels. <sighs> it's chain link. Okay. You know what, Bree? I love you, but now, uh, <laughs> so what happened was, I just turned her mic off. <laughs> <laughs> My stories don't get. I'll turn your mic off too. This can be the Chris show, <laughs> motherfuckers. This will be the Chris Jeremy's show. Still sitting next I'll turn to his mic off too. It will be the Chris show for like the next five minutes as I tell this story. <laughs> All right, just tell the story. <laughs> so, anyway, so uh, I look back, I'm like, fuck. So, I go out there and I, I go look at it. And it is our, the, so we have a retaining wall, uh, that sits above the street. Um, and we have, yeah, it's probably about three feet high, maybe. Um, and there's railroad ties that are basically the holders of that retaining wall. And then our fence is on top of that. And so the railroad ties are in my yard. Like they have been pushed into the, not the middle the of my yard. My, my yard's big. So the, like the top row of, of, uh, of, seriously, stop. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, 
and the fence is like the poles are flattened. Like three of them are like just in half. The corner of our wooden fence is just obliterated. Uh, and I, I look down and there are fucking reflectors and everything else. So the story from, from my neighbor is he was actually in the backyard when it happened and some car. This is an eight year old boy, by the way. Yeah. He's not, he's not super, uh, super old yet, but he tells good stories. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's adorable. He's also very talkative. You know, when you have those conversations with people that like you awkwardly can't end and you kind of just kind of start walking away. <laughs> that's him. Every conversation I have with him. And he's is because you'll stand there and keep trying to talk to you. And you're like, dude, I got to fucking go. And you just have to walk away and ignore him. Uh, and he's never, ever, ever offended by no. it. <laughs> he's such a nice kid. So anyway, uh, he says, yeah, the, the car and he kind of describes it. And he's like, they almost hit the, this, the semi truck. And then they come up on the curb and their tire popped. And then they ran up into your fence in your yard so you gotta imagine there's the curb and then the sidewalk there is actually a double width sidewalk so there's a big sidewalk and then there's a bunch of pavers that are as wide as a sidewalk uh and then there's my retaining wall three feet high and then my fence and they clearly drove up on the retaining wall somehow so they like hit the curb and bounced up into my backyard <laughs> there are pieces of side view mirror in the in the Which fencing. Sean comes out and brings a piece in and is like, "I need it for a souvenir." I'm like, "No, you're not bringing it in the house. <laughs> fucking take it away from him. what are you fucking two years old, you hoarder?" <laughs> so, it's a side effect of her disease. <laughs> so anyway, clearly, whatever happened to this car, it was really fucked up. There's pieces of undercarriage. I mean, you saw the carnage, I Jeremy. I saw the mess. And this is, you know, this is the carnage after whatever cleanup happened. Chunks of lights. Yeah, just totally. The car had to be fucked. I'm assuming bumper pieces. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you can see, like, skid plates and stuff like that. And uh, he said, and I said, did they stick around for the police? And he said, well, they were there for, like, two minutes, and then they backed off the wall and drove home, drove off. Like they turned around and went that way, and like, what? How did so then he finally said, like "The movies." He's like, "So were the police and the car here at the same time?" And he's like, "Oh no, no." He said, "I think that the the truck driver called the cops that they almost hit that saw it, and so the police came. We had a note in our door. Uh, we don't go through a front door. No one does these days with a garage. The podcasters do. Yeah. But so we Only because we don't have garage door openers. We wouldn't have seen the note. And I don't really go into my backyard and hang out all that often. I probably would have been a day or two before I saw it. Like today, we probably would have discovered the thing and been like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's just a police car. It's just a card with a case number on it. But out back, like the, I mean, it is, that fence is fucked. Uh, so Those anyway. are the galvanized poles they're laying down. That's not just. Well, and then I was, and I was. Then they drove away. Well, then I was telling the kids. Yeah, I don't know how they even managed to drive away if their tire was was popped. Because like he's like it's it was totally popped. Like he didn't say it went flat. No, or he anything. said it popped, and he said it was like the axle like bent underneath, like the wheel bent <laughs> underneath the car. Like I don't know how the fuck they drove off. Um, but then we're telling the girls like. Well, the guy was probably drunk. They're like, why would you assume he's drunk? It's slick roads. And Cassie's like, I slid out. I slid around like three times coming home that night. And I'm like, because Cassie, if you got in an accident like that, would you drive away from it? No. There's only a few reasons to drive away from an accident like that. You're yeah. either drunk, you're uninsured, or something else is, is not right in, in your situation, whether that's that you have warrants or like you don't drive away from an accident like that. 
you might go, oh, fuck, my rates are going to go up. This really this really stinks. But you stick around because the consequences of leaving the scene of an accident are well, big. And then you're like, oh, fuck, my rates are going to go up, so I'll just pay for this myself. No, the kind of damage that car had is <laughs> thousands <laughs> of dollars. Thousands. Maybe it was a stolen car. It could have been. I mean, that's the other thing. Like, there was there was clearly something not right ab- about whatever they were doing. So, yeah, now we get to clearly. replace. <laughs> now we get to replace the back fence. I'm I was just I was showing exactly. I was showing Jess the pictures of the fence because you took Jeremy out there with the flashlight and Jess and I stayed in and we were talking. So I was showing her the pictures and and it's cute because is Cole is in some of the. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you the if you look at my live because I forgot to turn off the live pick stuff and you can actually see like Cole doing hand gestures and shit in the pictures. He really is an adorable kid, but one that I try and avoid because I don't like to talk to my neighbors. So like <laughs> if I see him outside, like I will pretend like I don't see him. I'll just stare at my phone even if it's blank and I'm not looking at anything, so that he thinks that I'm distracted when he calls out to me and I just walk in the house. So Jeremy, if I put on some like uh choral Christmas music, are you gonna be good with that? Sure. <laughs> it is know. that time of year. I know, I know. How many times have you listened to Christmas music uh sang aloud? And sing aloud? Is that what you just said? Sing aloud. Every day. A lot. Well, because we were talking about this before. My One of my children is involved in choirs and all that, and so we've been to concert after concert after concert. Yes, but are you singing too? No. God, See? no. You asked if he sang along. No, I didn't. I did not ask that. Don't worry, I did not sing along. I, I thought that's what you about. said. I thought that's what you said too. What I'll, did you say? I'm gonna have to go back and listen. <laughs> didn't think I you said can it. can sing. I sing every time. It's two against one. Come. I mean, you you two do pick on me, so it's a carpenter. Uh, so anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. Anyone else do anything fun this weekend? I mean, I don't know if my fence thing was fun, but it was. Uh, That's exciting. Something Christmas concerts. Lots of Christmas concerts for me. La 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 la. No, they got to do the like jazzy, you know, because it's the they do jazz hands. It's the, yeah, it's the choir, so they've got to do all of the crazy stupid. Which I don't like. Can't just sing like, it like I like to listen to my songs normal. like the way I'm used to hearing them, like when Nat King Cole Gene sings Archie. them, or yeah, or you know Not Julie Andrews or whatever. Like that's how they're supposed to sound. High school choir version. Which, by the way, even if the songs were good, it's a high school's choir <laughs> singing them. Like, at my Christmas party today, Which one of the people's cousins sang, and she sang quite well. But like, there's only thirty five of us, and you know, it just made our lunch last like an extra thirty minutes. <laughs> that's fine. Most people, you know, most people in that situation where they're like hourly employees are like. We got an extra thirty minutes to screw around at lunch and not. I work. have shit to do. Bree's like. We wasted an extra 30 minutes. I, I would say the same thing. fucking sit there for 30 more minutes. I had things to do. Instead, I just... Jeremy happened to message me right then <laughs> about... I don't even remember what. And I was like, well, said, you know what I'm doing right now is I'm listening to... I said, and I said they should have hired a stripper Santa for Yeah, them. or something. Yeah. And I was like, I'm listening to people sing. Santa strippers. So Jeremy was kind of kind of keeping... <laughs> so keeping me from falling asleep. Uh... Christmas is in a week. Less than. Less than a week, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's six days from now. Five days. Well, people are li- I was just going to say. Well, if they're, li- they're not listening Shit, to it tonight. maybe you're listening to it on Christmas because you're bored because you're done with your family after the two hours of opening presents in your nap. In your nap? <laughs> that's, how, that's how I roll on Christmas. 
get up early because I can't. I don't. I get up early anyway, and I try not to be loud. But I'm like, I'm still look. I'm an adult. I'm a grown ass man, and I still like the first thing I want to do on Christmas morning is go downstairs and unwrap presents. Well, the first thing I do is take a shit, and then <laughs> then you make cinnamon. Rolls. Then I make cinnamon rolls. That's my thing. Cinnamon rolls and, coffee. Coffee. and bacon. And bacon. And, and coffee, of course, but orange Cinnamon juice. Cinnamon rolls, bacon, and orange coffee. Orange juice, bacon. And like, not the shitty bacon. Like, I get the really like nice. Like from the counter. Butcher thick bacon. Cut. The thick cut yeah. butcher bacon. Cook it in the oven. Because that's the only way to make bacon, by the way. That's pretty much the only reason Sean even wakes up, I think, is because you make bacon. And so here's the thing. The smell of bacon permeates the house and everyone wakes up pleasantly. Because bacon Because when you, you have 18 and 20 year old children... They are like sleep is more important. But that's what I was saying. Like, that's the thing for me. Like, (laughs) like, I don't, it's not even that I am a morning person. It's that I'm immediately excited. Like I want to go experience Christmas and then I'll go back to sleep afterwards. Well, and it's kind of nice. This is going to sound kind of sad, but like since my grandma died and we don't have, so we don't have to go anywhere anymore because my mom (laughs) is like, well, I'll just come to you because there's only one of me. And so we wake up in the morning and we're like, Hey mom, we're awake. We're going to start, um, opening presents in a little bit and then because she's so close to us we're just like okay well we're almost done and then she just gets in her car and drives over and like if she needs to be shoveled out like don will go over there sometimes the little ward kids and stuff will shovel her driveway and then she just spends the day at the house and then my ex-husband even comes over in the morning he brings the girls their presents and they open their presents here and then they get ready and then he takes them to his dad's and chris and i go upstairs and take a nap and my mom lays down on the couch and takes a nap <laughs> It was. It's awesome. That's nice. Uh, so anyway, uh, sorry, didn't mean to get into Christmas mode yet. Uh, we do have some events, right? What do you mean yet? Do we, do we have? We have to get yeah. because by the time we do our next show, Christmas will be over. I know. I know. So this is our Christmas show. Um, but Ching- oh. so events. <laughs> yeah, Brie wears. You have you ever seen that hideous like that hideous Christmas themed costume droid? Whoa. That's what you get for doing that. Your mic is gonna it falls out of the stand. Brie owns. Like she finds. Are you telling me my jewelry is hideous? It is tacky Christmas jewelry. Come on, look at the trees <laughs> on your ears. You know that I is think tacky. they're pretty. You know the jingle bell bracelet and okay, jingle no, bell ring. The jingle bell ring, tacky. But I think this is pretty. Don't it, you I didn't say it wasn't pretty. It like, is. Like it kind of looks. I don't think it's tacky either. I think it, it looks like a charm bracelet made of bells. Okay. Well. Anyway. Are there well, events? now I know how you really feel. Yep. Are there events? I like them, but I still think they're tacky. Uh, are there any events? <laughs> of course there are events. Uh, first and foremost, uh, any shopping left. So like uh, the farmer's market has one more weekend left of the gifting. Um, there's a bunch of crafters besides like, you know, if you want to go buy pastries from uh, like a Yule log this from Bubble kind of Brown. A, or, ooh, a Yule log. This is kind of a perfect year for them, right? Because Christmas being on a Monday, they get farmer's yeah. market. It's not Christmas Eve, so they can still get to spend that with their family. But they can go sell, you know, get one last hurrah of wares out on the Saturday before Christmas, which is going to be the most gruesome pile of shit shopping day on the planet. So and if, uh, honestly, that might be the best place to go shopping just for that reason. Yeah, because it'll be beautiful and probably not as crowded as the mall. And all local. Or you can just go up on the 24th to um, the Christmas Eve celebration at Snow Basin. And they'll have a torch parade. There'll be Yule log burning. So you can make your little like wish and uh, gingerbread cookie decorating. That's up in Huntsville. Then on Christmas, uh, we talked about last week, 
you know, if you want to kind of get out and do something different, the Cup of Love uh, organization is doing a coffee project at Pioneer Park for the homeless. Um, I'll post information about that. And then after Christmas, you can go see our good buddy Nick Passy at Piper Down on the 26th. And let's be honest, most of you don't fucking work the week between Christmas and New Year's. So but go before, get drunk. before you go see Nick, you need to go to Mount West Cider to their white elephant party. Because uh, that goes from 530 to 7. Are and they then serving you can... real white elephants? <laughs> Gross. No. Um, and then... Could be like a white Russian. You can jet across town to Piper Down and go see Nick. It's not. Let's be clear. That's not that far away. I know. That's what I'm saying. Jet across town. Because they're like... You know, State Street and Fourth West, see? And then um, I couldn't really find a lot of events for the week after that because events are broken. It's New Year's. And so there are a lot of things. Yeah, so there's tons, but significantly is that the Eve celebration that has been at the the Gallivan Center for for a long time, uh, the New Year's celebration, is now moving over to the Gateway and it's called The Last Hurrah. So that will be. It's uh, not Eve anymore. No, it is no longer Eve. And then. And that's that's a. Uh, not, I'm just going to talk about it since you said it. So we, we've talked about it a couple times where the gateway, the people that bought the gateway a couple years ago, uh, well, like a year and a half ago, um, they have not renewed tons of leases. Uh, so as these retail shops leases run out, they're not renewing them. Because they're putting other things in. They are trying to turn it into a big entertainment district. Sweet, um, awesome. So coffee shops, restaurants, Dave and Buster's, Dave and Buster's nice which is guys. slated to open in April, by the way. I saw the billboard when I went to the movies on Monday. Yeah, so there you go. Wise Guys is down there. In a, the, the Wise Guys space is fucking amazing down it's there. It's the best. Awesome. I think it is the best space they've ever had. And I've been to quite a few of the different Have you been to the new one yet? Years. Yeah. Yeah. I was there before they actually, I was there while Jordan. they were building it out. No, the new one, the, the new West one. Jordan. Oh, West no, 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 I haven't been to that one. Um, uh, and, and they're putting up a screen, and I'm not, like... Oh, it's up. The ginormous they've, screen. And they've done movies on it now already, right? Some I'm not like, sure. When I went and when I went to uh, Lady Gaga on Thursday, it was lit up, and that is a bright screen. Yeah, so they do, they do video projection on it, you know, in the evenings. And it's down by, like, where the water... Where the stupid fountain is. It's not stupid. Whatever. <laughs> he plays the Olympic song. It's yeah, really emotional. And it's, got a, it's not emotional. It's a bunch of fucking dirty ass kids taking a bath. Well, not when they're there. In the summertime, <laughs> it's anyway. It's lit up at night and it's going. So anyway, um, it's I just think it's really cool what they're doing. I, so when they built the gateway, I'm like, really? A big open air outdoor mall in Salt Lake? That's going to fucking last. And then they tore down uh, the... Uh, ZCMI Center and, what was, and Crossroads Mall and I'm like okay what's the church going to do with this and everyone was kind of like what's the church going to do with that land they built fucking City Creek and as soon as they started the announcement for City Creek I'm like Gateway's dead as soon as City Creek was finished Gateway boom no traffic except for all the homeless people coming across the street from, from the 4th Street shelter and uh, hanging out St. Vincent de Paul it's not the 4th Street shelter whatever it's a soup kitchen <coughs> Anyways, movie theaters lasted. A couple of restaurants. You know what the title now? of the episode is going to be? Brie corrects Chris. Yes. <laughs> but last week was Bloody Nose Brie. Bloody Nose Brie. So, so my mom. We went over to visit my mom. I don't know what Sunday. I guess because she messed up her computer again. <laughs> she downloaded some more shit. 
And we were talking and I, I can't remember why I mentioned the podcast or something. And she was like, well, what if I want to listen to that? And so I was like, well, you can. And so Chris was showing her. And of course, he pulls up the episode and it's called Bloody Nose Brie. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, but why? And I was like, well, remember, that was the day I had my bloody nose and stuff. And she was like, oh, so she was like, all like she was just totally missing the point. She didn't get the, the comedy. But my mom's going to try and listen to our podcast. And I was like, there's lots of swearing. She goes, you guys swear all the time. I'm like, uh, we hold back around yeah. you. <laughs> no, we don't, mom. <laughs> <laughs> so, mom, if you're listening to this one, hello, I love you. And I know you want your hair dyed, but I don't know if I'm going to have time. <laughs> Okay. Okay. That is the last like, <laughs> mother-daughter announcement that's ever going to happen on this show. <laughs> uh, okay, so last weekend was the speed skating trials, remember? Yeah, out at the yeah, Oval. Yeah. And, and the first African-American yes, lady totally, was... totally. Yeah. No, she's actually African. She's not... I don't believe she's American. Oh, she's, she's just the first black woman to ever... To ever qualify yes. as a... For, yep, the, Olympics for the Olympics. First. So she's not a U.S. qualifier? No, she, I oh. think she's from Ghana. Wow. Yeah. Oh, great. Great. The Ghanaians are fucking on the ice now. We're <laughs> Instead never, of running in the streets. We are never fucking winning another speed skating <laughs> right. race again. Those guys, the Ghanaians are so fucking fast. They are. Like, they, they do so well on the track and field events, and now they're on ice. What is this? Cool <laughs> runnings? <laughs> Bullshit. So, there's this no, there's no, do you know where Ghana is on a yes, map? There's no ice in Ghana. Um, Why the hell is she speed skating? It's elevation. No. Elevation training. Absolutely. So uh, next weekend on the 30th. Damn it. We are never going to win a speed skating medal again. At Park City is the ski jumping trials. But with the so Russians out, maybe that. we stand a chance. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> the Olympics are in two months, by the way. I you know what the Russians are really good at is curling. I'm obsessed with the Winter Olympics, by the way. <laughs> I like I the just, Winter Olympics. They're my favorite. Well, I want to be a figure skater. So, you know, I think the boats sailed on that one, Jess. I was just talking about it today. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the boat has sailed on you being well, an Olympic figure I said I wanted to. Skater. I didn't say oh. I'm going to. I said I thought you said you really want cool. to, right? Like, as in, presently, I want no. to become an Olympic figure skater. Her ponytail would look really cool if she was doing I a sit I can still spin, so that's cool. I'm all for chasing your dreams, but I think it's a little late. <laughs> I don't have time <laughs> to train. Have so. you seen those 16-year-old girls that do that for... They're like 12. <laughs> yeah. In China. So... They're 16 in the rest of the world. No. You can't be an Olympic athlete at I know, 12. but I'm saying you start out like Oh, really no, you young. start at three. Yes, you start really young. <laughs> and if you're skiing, you can start at like one. Have you seen the little girl that's like oh out there God, skiing yeah. on the snow? So she's like, it's I amazing. can stand up. Okay, put skis on her. Send her down the hill. <laughs> okay, okay. My cousin <laughs> did that with her little girl. Ah, tree! <laughs> she doesn't know how to say tree yet. No. <laughs> she's one. <laughs> French fries. Is that a shrub or a bush? <laughs> French fries. Pizza. That's a South Park reference, by the way. French what? fries and pizza. I'll show you later. Okay, perfect. Anyways, so U.S. U.S. Olympic ski team jumping on the thirtieth. Nice. You can go watch the trials up in Park City. Uh, and there probably won't be any natural snow still. So um, you never know. It's the thirtieth. We're still like, uh, so a few days out from that. Speaking of that, um, U.S. Olympic Committee has to make a decision soon. Uh, so they're the twenty thirty. Is where the, is what they're shooting for. Well, that's what Salt Lake's putting its bid yes. in. So the reason we're doing that is uh, 2026 and 2030 are probably going to be decided at the same time, just like they did the 2024 and 2028 um, uh, Summer Olympics. Uh, and so 
they think that the International Olympic Committee will make a decision on two at the same time and double up just like they did with this last one. It sounds like today when they had their meeting that one of the biggest concerns was just transportation. So, but that was really about about because our mass transit sucks in Salt Lake, and that was probably a problem last time. Um, I would be concerned with the way our snow has been off and on that we just wouldn't have a great place. Right. We'd have to potentially start. Like it would, when we yeah, had but the Olympics that was before, a, yeah, that was that, a that almost before. happened. Yeah, that almost happened. So, well, one other event, just because we're getting into the season, it's almost Sundance. Woo! Uh, starts the second week in January, but the second. Uh, the Tower Theater is doing uh, a preview at 7 o'clock. So. Sweet. Yeah, if you want to attend you a Sundance movie. anymore. Um, unless you go to Will Call. <laughs> uh, well, you still might be able to find them. The window is uh, closed, I looked today. Mm, yeah. Shame. It's usually, about, it's usually the first week of December, I think, that tickets go on sale. So. But you can still go to Will Call lines. You can still yeah. get into movies. Uh, if you like looking at celebrities, you can still go to Park City. I don't understand people that do that, but if you want it's to, so it's your thing. I just don't care. I wouldn't even... The thing is, is I probably wouldn't recognize most of them. Jeremy, are you still here? I'm still here. I he haven't heard you in a while. He doesn't care about this stuff either, do you? The Sundance celebrity stuff, and yeah. the stars. No, it's just not my thing. I so, know. I mean, I like Sundance. I like the movies that come out of Sundance. I, I like Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, my God. Was that a Sundance film? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. It was. Awesome. <laughs> I liked Adventureland quite Gosh. a bit, and that came out of Sundance. Um, I like some, Wind River. That was my favorite. One so of my much favorite good stuff comes year. out of Sundance. Um, and and we have not only do we have Sundance, but we're fortunate to have a theater like Broadway uh, and the Tower that show a lot of those movies when they actually come out. Well, movies. because a lot of them are limited release, mm-hmm. uh, you only get a small opening in like L.A. and New York, but they will put that at the Broadway. Mm-hmm. They'll do a limited release there, and then depending upon how movies how do nationwide, is, yeah. yeah, then they'll push it into like that's how three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri was. That's how Shape of Water was. Uh, a couple others. So that is one thing about Utah that's really cool. We have that, and not very many people do. Yeah. So we have a, a very fun conversation with uh, a general. I would say it's fun. Well, it's a good conversation. It's um, a very we, good conversation. We, we talk a lot about politics, uh, about lobbying uh, in particular, uh, and how you can make a difference, um, and some very specific ways on how you can make a, a difference. His name is uh, Alex, Alex uh, Castagno, uh, and and that's uh, Italian, apparently. Um, but he is he has a uh, um, non-profit lobbying group called uh, Civil Loss. Civolacy. I was going to say civilicity <laughs> again. Civolacy. Uh, so it's, it's a very good conversation. We talk a lot about mental health uh, and about teen suicide because that's a big project of his, uh, along with some liquor law changes that he's he's going to try and be, you know, addressing. So I just wanted to say uh, thanks again to Alex, you know, before we get into that. Uh, it was a, a very fantastic interview. So, um, you know, please enjoy enjoy that. With us, we have uh, Alex uh, Castaño. Is that right? Did I say right? That's correct. I mean, is it okay if we call you Alex? Yeah, that's okay. Fine. What Castaño? Is that uh, Hispanic? Um, that's Italian. Italian? Actually. Yeah. I don't know. They're all the same. European-based <laughs> yeah. languages. They all kind of mix around, yeah. Uh, Italian. Is it Italian-Brazilian? Mm, yeah, so... That's fancy. It's exotic. Yeah, I think it's my great-great-grandparents that come from Italy, and then um, my parents come straight from Brazil. So they immigrated to Brazil and they came here. So were you born in Brazil or I was born here. 
In Utah? In Utah. Woohoo. Yeah. In the Salt Lake area? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Have you been here your whole life? Yeah, you I've been here my whole life. Reach out and go somewhere for a little bit and come back? Or? Um, been here my whole life, but uh, I've lived in Brazil for a little bit. Um, also in D.C. for a little while. I've interned there. So You yeah. speak, speak Portuguese at yes, all? Yes, I do. Nice, nice. I used to know how to sing happy birthday, but not anymore. <laughs> happy birthday. So is the Brazil she thing... She means in Portuguese, <laughs> oh. dork. <laughs> so was the Brazil it's thing... No little uh, G in Jeremy. <laughs> was that a family matter, or was that a religious-affiliated vacation, or... Mm, um, just as an LDS missionary. Yeah. So, yeah. Re- that's okay. a religious-affiliated yeah, like <laughs> vacation. Hey, that's cool that you got sent there, though, uh, of all yeah. the places that you could have gone. Yeah, yeah. Do you think it had to do with your your heritage? Uh, oh yeah, I already had a Brazilian passport, so and it's harder to get oh, people like, there. Yeah. So. I like done. <laughs> yeah, done and done. <laughs> were you in Were you in Rio or were I was you in, in Fortaleza? So that's up in the north. Nice. And then up, my family's up in the from, jungle. Uh, yeah, actually, no, more like the beach town. Oh, okay, area, so up on the coast. So, yeah. Had you been the there before? Um, not to that part. Gotcha. I've been to the south where my family is from, and it's actually completely different. So, yeah, <laughs> very cold. Kind of like the south, south here is yeah. completely different. That's yeah. True. yeah, I don't know if it's the same different though. I don't think there's anything that's the same different as the south <laughs> here. <laughs> that is one thing that's fairly unique about Utah, though, is is we do have we're kind of a somewhat of a melting pot of cultures in one sense, but we do have a lot of people who get exposure to other cultures. Uh, I mean the Religious-affiliated vacation is, is kind of a joke, <laughs> but it's a very serious thing. There are a ton of people here that grow up, and then when they're young, venture out into the world and go see Cleveland, Ohio, or Albuquerque, New Mexico, or Brazil. <laughs> yeah. Go Cleveland. <laughs> Where'd you go again, Jeremy? Mexico. Yeah, but Mexico's big. Mexico's that's like big. saying, I'm from the United States. Monterey. Well, that's also Thank like you. saying, I went to Brazil. I mean, Brazil is enormous, too. True. Like, but he said where he, was, where he was. Yeah, I know. Which is below Brownsville, Texas, about 500 miles. Yeah, yeah, right in the heart of cartel territory now. Probably. Yeah, Monterey's bad. It's the industrial capital, so it's like Chicago. It's the equivalent of like Chicago. Chicago. Isn't Monterey fairly landlocked too? Isn't it? Oh yeah, it's like right in the center. Yeah, it's not next to the coast. Yeah, less fish there. The Tecate plants there. Oh. Okay. That's (laughs) tequila. That's good beer. It's okay beer. I shouldn't say it's good beer. It's okay. It's like, okay. And so, yeah. <laughs> Alex is like, right. are you guys going to fucking ask me questions? <laughs> Sometimes we ramble. It's got that dazed look that most of our guests have. <laughs> no, my favorite part of podcasts is when they ramble at first. <laughs> well, good. You're in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Alex is a, you are, you're the, you're the president and uh, registered lobbyist with uh, Civilocity. Is that how you say it? Civilocity. So, Civilocity. Yeah. Okay. I want to put a T in there. You, a tea? I, mean, <laughs> I mean, usually that's like way more than just a tea. Well, usually in Utah, we leave teas off of everything, like the I mountains. Just, yeah, but yeah, I yeah. want to add one in, like late in, late in, late in. Yeah, everybody says Utah. Well, I mean, that's kind of a hard. That's kind of hard to leave yeah. off of the ooh you ah ooh ah. We live in ooh I walked past the Republican <laughs> office work. today. You know, the pro- Republican like. In downtown Salt Lake, I kind of wanted to throw a rock through the window. <laughs> I'm glad that you wow. didn't, because you probably wouldn't be sitting here on the podcast no. with us this That's evening. That's not a good protest. Babe. You'd be I reporting know. from <laughs> your one phone call. Make it a long one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll tap you in. 
<laughs> Did they Skype out of the county jail? He's like, uh, guys, I have to do a podcast. It's my one damn phone call. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't have put her in jail. They would have just given her a ticket. Jail's overcrowded here. Yep. Uh, you can so steal stuff out of somebody's car and still not go to jail. And wreck their fence, I guess. <laughs> well, I don't know. They might have went to jail if they were a drunk driver. Yeah, that's true. If they caught them, I don't know. Um, well, in, well, you know, Saturday night there was that huge wreck down by Ripley Hospital. Maybe, maybe they limped their way that far. <laughs> that's pretty far too. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> so, Savalasi, what is Savalasi? So, Savalasi is a local grassroots political organization um, started up in May of 2017. And so basically, I started this up um, just with my experience uh, working in D.C., working for the governor's office, and kind of seeing how the political climate was here in Utah. We don't really have um, really a group or organization um, like this um, that's really fighting for the people, um, doing things that are for the interests of Utahns and solely for Utahns and not for big businesses or, you know, people outside of Utah or anything. That's important. We need yes. those voices because there's a lot of stuff that goes yeah. on that's driven by money or yeah. greed yep. or vanity, but not necessarily for the people. Right. Exactly. Jess, you look like you're about to say something. No, I was just thinking that's a, like, you're, you seem fairly young. I could be wrong. Um, that's a, like, that's a big responsibility to carry on your back to start an organization yeah. like that i'm and ready for it that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so basically just again with my training going to school and everything um you know i've really been able to see how much local politics affects our lives and affects us so much more than national politics sure national politics is you know in the news it's you know big you know these big changes and yeah they do affect our lives but really not as much as the national or the local. Uh, local ones do right so i wanted to create something that really focuses on that um holds our legislature accountable um because i think for a long time um you know utahns have been complacent and now we need to change that we need to you know start changing things i agree so like for example the clo all the closed door policies that happen what do you do about that? How do you make people aware? How do you bring that up? Right. So um, basically our motto is the power of the people. Um, so again, like I said, there's a really big problem of complacency that we have here in Utah. So I'm trying to change that to get people aware that, look, all you have to do is vote, register to vote, um, you know, make your voice heard, call your legislator, and it will actually make a huge difference. Really, one voice will, won't do something. Um, they'll listen to you. Well, especially one voice over right. and over and over and exactly. over. Exactly. Like you can be that person. Like if you think you're being annoying, continue to be right. annoying because <laughs> you know emails are great. But I mean, we we all saw even nationally with the uh, with the um, the recent net neutrality stuff. Emails are garbage, right? Like they get they're a dime a dozen. You know the the online petitions are a dime a dozen. Well, and any Joe Schmo can kick out 50 emails saying they're from different people. Yeah, but if you take the time to actually call a, a legislature's office. Legislator. Whether it's, whether it's here locally or if it's, if it's our national representative or, or one of our senators, um, that, that makes a bigger impact. And if you call every day and ask about the same issue every day, eventually someone in the office gets annoyed enough that you keep calling because <laughs> you're probably not going to talk to Orrin Hatch. You're probably not going to talk right. to, uh, you know, even even uh, uh, douchebag Mike Noel uh, down in, in Kanab. You may not talk to him. You may just get his secretary or someone in his staff over and over and over again. But eventually 
they're going to say, Mike, we got to do something about this. These guys won't stop calling us. Right. You're going to get the interns, and I know from experience because I was that intern. <laughs> How awesome was that to take the same call from the same person over and over? Um, often, very often. Um, and basically how it works is um, people call in or email, and basically on that issue, it'll go like to a tally list um, on issues. So really, the more people that talk about that same issue, then that'll you know start going up in the priority list. So that's what people need to do. Um, so you don't always have to call and, you know, talk for 10, 20 minutes and be like, look, this is my opinion on this, this and this. That's it. It'll go on the tally board. And then you keep doing that and they'll get more calls and even e um, emails too. Calls are probably better. Um, but it'll all go to the tally list and eventually, you know, the more voices behind it, then they'll start addressing it. So what made you want to get involved in politics? Because, I mean, that's a that's a pretty major decision to make, especially when you're young to say, mm -hmm. I want to be involved, and I want to be involved at a high level. Right. Um, so I guess I'll take it back to um, when I was in Brazil. I just kind of saw just how, I don't how the system is so broken there. So in Brazil, they have, like, awesome things for their people. They have, like, tons of fruits and natural resources. Like, they could com be completely self-sustainable, um, but they are so poor, and the people are horribly poor, and it's because of the government. They take everything from them and it's just it's completely broken so many bureaucrats so many stupid things and that kind of just got my interest like man like this really sucks and just seeing the difference me like okay i never want that to happen here um so when i came back here uh, i went to the u got into political science and then i got accepted to the hinckley institute of politics and that's where i did my first internship in dc actually for congressman chaffetz um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, sphincter face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for yeah for that was probably an awesome learning experience. Oh yeah, no it it was, and it was awesome because like at that point in time I had no idea like what politics really was. I'm like, let's do this, <laughs> and it was awesome just to get in there and kind of really see how government works. Um, so after that, came home and then I got an internship with Governor Herbert. Um, got to see how the state side works, and I'm like, man, things really need to change here. So. So do you are you a, a do you see yourself as a, as a Republican or a conservative or more as a you know a liberal Democrat? Where where do you mm -hmm. fall kind of in the spectrum? Right. So uh, funny enough, when I was like interning for Congressman Chaffetz, I I totally felt like I was like a Tea Party conservative, like yeah, all the way. Um, but through the years, like this learning and um, just really studying studying policy, how things are made, how Congress works, how government works, and everything. I'm not Republican at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I would consider myself independent um, because I, you know, to really get things done, especially in Utah, I I feel that I would be an independent. I like you know things from both sides. I I, I really feel the people need to be helped. We need to do everything we can. Um, I also feel um, that we should. I don't know. Utah is not a conservative state. No matter what they say, everything they do is not conservative. So, um, yeah, I would just say. Uh, yeah, I just fall fall right in the middle. So it it depends on the issue. I guess that's that's a good point. And I think yeah. that's what a lot of people people that are hard right or hard left. It's far more important to take a look at the individual politician, what they stand for, and what their views are, as opposed to say, "Oh, I just vote all one way right, or the right. other." It's mm, that's not it's a good. huge problem. So so how do you pick? You know what issues you want to go after personally. Right. Uh, so actually, I don't pick at all. It's completely up to the people. Um, 
what I'll do is I'll do like a little survey or something on social media, um, leave it open for a while and um, send emails and stuff and ask people, hey, here's like some four or five issues that I could work on. Um, what do you think is most important to you? Um, so the last survey I did a while ago, um, I think I did teen suicide prevention um, and a couple of, uh, I think, air quality, a couple of other things. And the highest one by far was teen suicide prevention. So that is um, one of the issues we're working on now. So and how do you, when, when you say we're working on, what do you, what do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically what Savalasi is, is that, again, it's different from any type of um, grassroots organization, at, at least that you would find here in Utah. Um, we, we do two things, basically. So issue campaigning. Um, so we, we get the issue and we do, you know, we want to do a huge campaign on it. And basically there's two out, there's two outcomes or two ways to make change. One, we can get the uh, people to talk to the legislators to make them change, um, and, uh, you know, make new laws and stuff, or we can get ballot, ballot measures done. Um, so that's one way, uh, that we want to get stuff done. And we think that might be the best way because that is the voice of the people. Um, we get everyone supporting a ballot measure. I'm saying, okay, we're going to make this law or we're going to repeal this and completely bypass the legislature. Um, so that's how we work on stuff, getting people's support to do that, getting them to recognize that their voice is powerful and what they can do um, to actually make a difference. I think that's a struggle here in Utah because people don't, all they see is a big, a big picture, a big orange guy in a big white house. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize that everything that happens here is on such a small level. And I actually just had this conversation with my aunt about two weeks ago. She, at the end of the conversation was like, can we just change the subject? Uh, she has never voted because that's all she thinks about is a presidential. And I was like, but it's more than that. Well, we were talking about the taxes and I was like, but the people you're vo- like that you're not voting for, those are the ones that are sitting there making these laws that now you're angry about so that's your local level and then then it was can we just change the subject and i was like yeah. well i mean no. it's, it, <laughs> I, I see that a lot you know especially in a state like utah where you know you you say we're not conservative and and i don't think that overall the, the state is is incredibly conservative in terms of how it manages itself uh, certainly the the policies that that our congressmen vote for up on capitol hill in dc that's that's a whole different realm, and that's a whole different world than than what goes on locally here, because we do have some decent social programs. Um, but at the end of the day, when you live in a state like Utah, you think, you know, for the general everyday citizen, oh, if I go out and vote, you know, my vote for the president doesn't matter because it doesn't. We're gonna vote red every time. The best chance we had was this last election, and I don't know how many years since like the fifties, uh, and I I just don't see that changing. Um, but yeah, certainly the, the vote matters a lot at the local level. Your, your city council members, yeah. your county council members, and your state representatives make a huge difference. And, and even at the, even in the bigger election, I mean, look at, you know, some of the districts, look at Mia Love's district. That district's decided by a thousand votes. Yeah. A thousand votes. So your vote has huge <laughs> impact. And that's someone going up to Congress and, and making those national laws uh, and passing shitty tax bills. <laughs> <laughs> with scribbling on the side and well that was the senate bill really i guess right they still they all approved it yeah. so. <laughs> it's mind-boggling so do you have a team that 
did you work with? Is it just you? Right now, it's just me. Um, I have a volunteer that works as my communications director. Um, so I'll have her work on some social media stuff and post and articles like that. But yeah, right now, it is just me. We know lots of people that should get involved with you. Yeah, <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> so do you... Do you are are you funded through a grant? Do you just have donations? Are you just privately funded right now? Right. So I am funded um, completely through the public. That is the only way I can get money. It's people that you know believe in this, you know, want me. I like to say I'm the lobbyist for the people, and I am a hundred percent that. I do not work for corporations. I'm not going to work for corporations because I don't want to do that, and that's just no fun. <laughs> so I really want to make a change. So basically, people. Um, can donate, and then also local businesses um, can uh, can donate as well. They can be, you know, I can I can represent them to the Utah legislature. So what uh, when you're a, when you're a lobbyist? Because a lot of people hear the word lobbyist mm-hmm. and they go, "Oh, it's some dude that's paid by you know Philip J. Morris right. to make sure tobacco legislation is is you know kept under wraps, or mm-hmm. someone that's paid by the NRA to you know make right. sure any kind of gun control legislation eats the floor really fast." So what does what does a lobbyist actually do? Right. So um, great to bring that up because I also had that same idea. Like you know, going into my internship first in DC, um, you know, I we talked to a lot of lobbyists and kind of saw how they work. And at first, going in, we're like, oh, you know, who are these people? They're all like, you know, under the you know, just people's scheming around and doing all this stuff. But it's really it's just kind of how things are done. It's um, the people that know how to work with policy. Um, whether it be for a corporation or for a small business, but they're the ones that know how to talk to legislators. They know how the system works. Um, because if you get a business, um, you know, that's selling tortilla chips, they don't know how to pass laws on that. So they're going to hire someone, you know, to, to get stuff done. So lobbyists are just the ones that know how to talk to the legislators. Um, so basically that is what I'm doing. I know how to talk to them. I know how to make change. I know how to make campaigns. I can do all of that for the people. So do you bring, like as, as a lobbyist, would you bring a piece of legislation to uh, a congressman? Because most, most, a lot of people don't realize this. We talked to uh, Senator Backus about this a, a while ago, but congressmen don't write their own legislation. Like that's just insanity for a congressman to write right. their own legislation. So is that something that, that you will provide them as pieces of legislation that you've, you've penned or, or had penned initially? Possibly. Um, so... As I'm forming and as I'm working with different groups, um, I would form legislation with the various parties involved. So I wouldn't just go out there and completely make because I don't know everything. Um, so I'm, I'm going to work with the best people that know what's going to make the best change and um, get those policies made and get them passed. So have you taken anything to the legislature that's... Uh, do you have anything that's coming up for this upcoming session that you're planning to take to the legislature that you think might have a chance that somebody's supporting already or yeah so nothing that i've um brought up but i just looked at the bills um that are going through and so right now what i can see is there there's the mental health crisis line amendments um which is sponsored by steve uh eliason Urqu- oh, okay. yeah um so basically i think that'll that'll help with um mental health uh problems with uh, suicide prevention and stuff. Right. So, and Savalas, again, is brand new, so this is our very first year I'm going into it, so we're going to, you know, get a look at how everything goes, and lobbying, this stuff, it takes years. It does take time. Um, so, 2018 is going to be a great year to really, you know, get things rolling, you know, 
find out some real policies when we get pushed through. So. How, how do you decide, and I know this is, is relatively new for you, but how do you decide which which congressman or congresswoman to, to go after in, in terms of making that first step? I mean, do you go, right. okay, these 10 mm-hmm. are the likely candidates, or I re- this this one is the one that I'm really going to get behind right now? Right. So um, this is why you need a lobbyist, because there is a system. And if you're going after the, the wrong legislator, you're going to get nothing done. Um, they might completely support you, but they don't have the power. Um, so basically, I am going after the uh, committees or subcommittees that are in charge of, let's say, for the um, liquor, hall, liquor law repeals that I'm working on, work with that subcommittee, or with um, mental health, work with um, that committee that works on that. Because to get a bill passed, it first has to pass these four to seven people, which is nothing. If it doesn't not pass them, it, it doesn't go anywhere. So that is like the first step, yeah. So you said uh, liquor control law mm-hmm. changes. What what are you what specifically are you talking about that you're working on? Right. So there's a couple things um, I've been looking at and that I'd really like to change. Um, one is the .05 uh, blood alcohol content law. That one is just completely ridiculous. <laughs> um, I've I've done my own study. I have facts upon facts on my website um, from the state of Utah. You, you do know that facts don't sway legislatures. <laughs> <laughs> I know, which is unfortunate. <laughs> but basically, that law at most would maybe save two to four lives a year, and that's well within the margin of error, um, compared to so many other auto accidents that kill hundreds of people a year that they haven't even talked about. Um, and it's so interesting because you see all these ads and everything like, you know, drinking and driving, you know, you're taking all these lives. Yes, it is an important thing, but they're spending so much money on a, something that's not a problem, actually. Yeah, um, I'm curious. Have you found out that that don't drink and drive, you know, anti-drinking and driving ads are actually effectual? Because I feel like most people who are going to drink and drive, they... They do it all the time, and an ad isn't going to stop them. Or it's a weird spur-of-the-moment decision that they make, and they're not thinking about the 10 billboards that they've gotten used to passing on the freeway every day on their commute because they see them every single day. Like, I just, I feel like that that bombardment of people is not really making any change because the people who are going to do it are going to do it regardless. And the people who aren't going to do it aren't going to do it. They don't need billboards to remind them not to. Right. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, you know, a waste of funds. And again, it's a problem. That's not a problem. Um, there, (laughs) (laughs) There are so many other things that are just, insane like you're just like you know, air quality right air quality and even just like if you just want to take it to autodesk you know just pick literally anything else in fact that <laughs> like the elderly are it's right. much more likely actually for them um, to be into an accident or to kill someone than it is for a drunk driver love old people <laughs> you know i saw someone texting and driving the other day and swerving in and out of lanes like nobody's business and as soon as I got near them, I could see them with the phone just straight up looking at it, yeah. right, in, right in the center of their vision. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Yeah, so that law, and then really quick, um, uh, another thing I really want to work on is making it easier for distilleries and breweries to bypass um, the state-run liquor store. 
which is ridiculous and is taking so much money from them. Yeah, it's killer. We we've talked to a lot of distilleries and breweries yeah. around the around the state. Well, and yeah. people don't realize the the weight. You know, you yes, you have you know thirteen distilleries that have ten amazing products, but only two are on the shelf because everything rotates through the DABC. So one month is a wine entry, one month is a beer entry, and one month is a hard liquor so yeah, entry. Every, so every three months, you got a shot at getting yeah, in there. So once yeah. a quarter. Well, and to 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 sell your own stuff, you have to be a licensed package agency, uh, and that's a pain in the ass. Well, that like, we'll back this for you. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> well, that <laughs> when when we go to the distilleries, you just have that available. But you know, when you're going someplace, and I say liquor store because that's the way it is in Utah. But if you're outside, you know, the state, and you're you're going to a place to procure liquor, you may want to get wine and beer. And spirits. And in so you go to the liquor store and you just deal with what's there because if you just go to a spirits distillery, you can only get the spirits and you still have to make another trip to go do something else. And if you just go to the and so it does make it difficult for them because people will people in this day and age want things to be easy. And if they think I have to stop at three different places to get my three different things that I want to get, I'd just rather go to the liquor store and get what they have on the shelves. And then you they lose business because of just convenience. There's a lot of people that just do things with your convenience. And not to mention that, you know, if they want to sell their stuff in the state liquor store, they've got to send it to the central agency and then have it distributed to the individual stores, which is even longer than the three months it takes for them to get it approved to be in the store to begin with. So that doesn't mean you've been working with South Salt Lake then with the, uh, was that, what did we talk about last week? Where they changed their laws to allow more yeah. breweries and distilleries? Yeah. Right. So I went there um, and talked to the uh, city council and made my case for it. And I'm very happy that they um, voted to repeal well, it, those laws. So. And it makes a lot of sense for a, a place like South Salt Lake to do something like yeah, that financially. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a tiny, tiny town mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things. And uh, they have a lot of space for distilleries mm-hmm. to, to set up shop. Yep. It's good for business. So is that so? So you'll work at at even a city council level, mm-hmm. then, yeah. Uh, if the issue is is important enough, yeah. So are these? Uh, is the liquor law thing? Is that something that you did through social media, or is that something you said? I'm going to cut my teeth doing this. Um, I said <laughs> I'm going to cut my teeth doing this because I am. Um, I I believe in freedom. Um, I believe you know you need to fight for everyone's you know right to be free. You know, it doesn't matter if agree with their personal choices or not that's okay um like for myself i am lds but i do, i believe you know if you want to drink whatever do it well, why do we have to make it so hard and it makes it such a bad image so you guys hear this this is this is an lds person <laughs> that is pro drinking pro pro liquor establishments making it easier for them to do business in the state of utah and protein suicide, I heard. Not protein no, suicide. Pro- <laughs> teen suicide prevention. I just wanted to make you sure, to just see wanted to make sure they were all listening. <laughs> what's, what's the conversation that's going on with, uh, with politicians about that issue? Because it is, it's a problem here in Utah. What are you hearing? With the teen suicide. Teen suicide. Yes. Yeah, sorry from alcohol. Suicide. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> no, no. The, the, the liquor laws are a problem here in Utah as well. Yeah, but, oh, we know well, that. it's just, it's nice to hear from someone because we have a lot of, of people who are not LDS right. and, and very liberal and stuff on the show. But it's nice because I try and make this point. Just because someone else sitting next to you is drinking doesn't force you to drink. 
Right. Just because someone else is gay and gets married doesn't force you to have a gay marriage, you know. And and there's so many people that don't see that. Like just laughs, but it's true. <laughs> there are so many people <laughs> though that you would say that to, and they would look at you like, "No, you're crazy. Like I can't, I can't allow that because I don't believe in it." So it's it's nice right. when I run into people like you. My ex husband does LDS, and he is like that too. I, if it's not hurting me and it's not forcing me to change my beliefs, then why don't I allow it? Why do I have to poo-poo it on for everybody else, right? You know, I believe, you know, the only moral lies you can push upon is upon yourself. You can't do that upon anyone else. That's just how it is. You you know, and that's because it is a personal thing. But you can't do that for other people. You can't control people, so... That's a very good point. So anyway, back to the teen suicide, because that's very important. We've (laughs) talked about that a lot, because it's an important subject. Yeah, so um, teen suicide, um, you know, had everyone vote for it. And then when I was looking more into it, it was, I was so surprised. Um, So teen suicide is the number one cause of death for kids ages 10 to 24 in Utah. Such a young age. Number one. Just so everyone knows, not drunk driving. Not drunk driving, (laughs) not cancer. Not anything else. Not air quality, not heart mm. attacks, not brain cancer. And suicide. Not bad parent. Well, no, maybe bad well, parent. Well, <laughs> could be, depending on why they committed suicide, right. I guess. That's, uh, that's harrowing. What 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 are the, the actual numbers look like in terms of, of, of actual people? Yes, so um, the <coughs> CDC actually just did, um, finished up an investigation so Center of Disease Control, um, part of the federal government, came into Utah because Utah is so bad. They saw, holy crap, there's so many people dying, or teens um, dying from suicide. What's going on? Um, so they came in here, did a huge um, note research and tried to find um, some facts. So I'll just read off a couple of things for you guys. Um, so they were able to find out that 140, there's a 141.3% increase in youth suicides from 2011 to 2015. Whoa. Yeah. So what we're what we're doing is not working, obviously. Are we do? I mean, do you, I just don't see enough. Are we doing anything? Right. Let's replace every other drunk driving billboard with a <laughs> "Please don't kill yourself, we love you" billboard. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> really. So um, I'll just give you a couple facts. Seventy eight percent were male. Um, thirty five point two percent had a mental health diagnosis. So that's really interesting because you would think, oh, you know, if someone's committed suicide, then they've got a mental health problem. They got depression. This shows it's, it's not always the case. It's not very it's only thirty-five percent of them. Yeah, that's not even the yeah. majority. So there's a lot of factors that come into it. It's not just that. So you know we have to think more, you know, broadly about that. Fifty-five um, percent experience a recent crisis. So, um, so it's not their first attempt. Well, or is it like a like a death or a like something? Yeah, something coming happened. out of the closet, okay, so, or, right? Yeah, so like yeah, something big happened. Um, in their life, it, it could even be like breaking up with a girlfriend or something like that. Okay. And so it was a very um, instinctive, just like quick thing. And then what's interesting is about 50% of suicide deaths happen from firearms. Wow, um, I'm surprised by that. Yeah, so firearms um, is... Well, just because mm-hmm. of the the age, well, when, like yeah. the age when he said span. When he said basically three-fourths are male, right? 78%, right. Oh, yeah. I think. Yeah. And guys, that's that's a much more guns. common way for men to commit suicide. Right. Girls are cleaner. They don't like to make a mess for people. 
They do. The, the true, research shows that women do things like slit their wrists in tubs or take pills and stuff because they think about the people that they're leaving behind and they don't want to leave a mess. And men tend not to think about that when they commit suicide. And so their deaths tend to be messier. True. Right. So basically, um, it kind of points to there's there's too much of an easy access to lethal means. Yeah. Um, think? <laughs> basically, if you know when someone has this crisis, they decide they're going to commit suicide. If it's really easy to, for them to get a gun, bam, it's done. Um, if they had another five ten minutes where they didn't have access to lethal means, then they'd be alive. So. I've heard that. I've heard that it can be a matter of yes, minutes yeah. of. You're in the spur of the moment. You're really, really upset. And if you can go out to, you know, a public place or something where there's people around and you can't do it and you get over that initial, the world is ending well, cycle that, that you can kind of break it. Yeah. That's why that's why a suicide prevention hotline or, or having some right. ability for, a you know, a person to reach out is such a big deal. And, and not to change the subject, but, you know, gun control, you talk about the heat of the moment. Uh, Jim Jeffries has one of the best bits on gun control I've ever seen. And it is it is comedic, but it's it's also there's some truth to it. And he said, hey, you know, your your constitutional right. That was when there were muskets and muskets are a different scenario than a handgun. And when you get mad at someone with a musket, you're like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to shoot you. I'm so mad. And you get out the musket. You pack the pellet <laughs> down, you put the powder in, and tap it, it down, and get rid of What was I mad about? You know, it's it's a it's a much more difficult thing to do if it takes a little bit longer, a little bit more thought. Um, and I, it's, it's just it's very similar, um, you know, in terms of the suicide. Well, and kids that age, having kids that have been those ages, um, they are just... There's, they can be so reactive. They're impulsive hormonal right. roller coasters. And and if you can yeah. get past that initial reaction of anger or distress or whatever, they do tend to come around eventually. But yeah, it's it's hard and it's sad. Like you don't you don't want to hear about suicides at all. But boy, do you not want to hear about a ten year old? Oh, yeah. Like ten years old. That's yeah, crazy. People live into their mid-90s now. You've just cut off nine-tenths of, of someone's life just for a spur-of-the-moment decision that could have maybe been been prevented if if we focused more on that instead of dumb things like let's lower the blood alcohol content to 0.03 where, gee, if you happen to swig some Listerine right before then, or like my ex-husband puts Listerine strips in his mouth. I would be curious to know like what that blows. Like it, it's just it's so yeah. subjective. So what are we gonna do about it? That's my question. Yeah, let's fix it. Let's help you. Yes. All right. So um, they came out with some suggestions on what what can help. Uh, so increase access to evidence-based mental health care for youth. Um, strengthen family re- what's relationships. An, wait, what's an evidence-based? Is that like a, a therapist or a counselor? It's not going or? to see your bishop. Right. So it's things that work, um, things that are proven to help. Um, so, um, you know, is this going to some, you know, therapy place for a week? You know, are they proven to help or, you know, what so like happens uni after that? or something like that? Right. Um, stuff like that. Um, yeah. So more and access to it, too. It's, it's ridiculous. I talked to a lot of people. And they have, you know, children or family members 
that you know have a you know attempt suicide and they go to a location or something it's you know ten thousand dollars a week or something oh, it's, it's insane it's how how can you put a price on on that it's just you know what do you do well insurance doesn't mm-hmm. cover it. oh yeah yeah yep you know it's it's as expensive as an as a long hospital stay where you're not getting the same sort of medicative treatment mm-hmm. uh and 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 round the clock supervision like they would in a hospital don't get me wrong a place like uni still does round the clock supervision but it's it's a lot different um, but it's the same cost as if you're hospitalized for that amount of time. Because you, you, you are. But the difference is your insurance doesn't cover it. And if they do cover it, even if you have a great health care plan and your insurance covers mental health, it's at like 50% after your massive deductible, if that. My boss's daughter um, is 11, and she's been down at the, at the hospital in Provo at the mental hospital mental health hospital i don't even know anyways um mortgage like it's the cost of a mortgage yeah. a month for yeah. her to be there and she's been there for over a year wow so um that's one thing we, we need access to that also so one thing i think we can do um now or soon is uh strengthen family relationships i thought that was pretty interesting so there's an apparent problem where kids you know, probably don't want to talk to their parents about those type of issues and stuff, and even interviewing them, um, you know, afterwards, you know, talk to them, to the parents of a suicide victim, and they ask them, you know, did he know? Did they ever talk about this? A lot of times they're like, oh, I had no idea. Talk to the friends. They're like, oh, yeah, they were talking about it for months. Um, so the, there's a disconnect. There's a problem between the parents, um, you know, really just being comfortable with their children and, you know, talking to them, um, about these things, about their mental health, and it not being a taboo subject. I think in Utah and in the West, there ha- there has been a culture of, you know, pick yourself up by the bootstraps, you know, get over it. And that's kind of how it's been, but it's it's not like that. You, you know, you do need help, and that's okay. There's no problem with that. I think some of that, too, and this, this comes back to um, maybe, you know, what you're saying is a culture, but, but there's there's some level of, onus on the kids and how do we get the kids to be willing to talk to their parents because a lot of times you know parents try to engage with their kids and especially with this generation you know how's your day going was fine what'd you do at school nothing okay like how do you keep and you keep asking questions and it's yes or no answers and it's or it's anger like why are you bothering me yeah why are you asking me these questions and and a lot of times you know you can't ever get past that. Even with your own kids, you can't even get can't ever get past that. You know, initial shell of teenage hormone wall. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, what what can you do to break through that with with the kids? Right. You know, obviously they're talking to their friends about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but friends so always like, aren't the greatest source because I've I found with my own kids that, and, and with myself even, if I go to the right person and I'm angry, I want them to be angry too. And if they're angry too, then I continue to be angry, continue to be mad and pissed and I rant more and they rant and then we both rant and then we're ranting and we rant for hours. If I go to someone and they're like, wow, that really sucks that, that happened and, and I'm sorry and then and they don't get angry too, for a minute I might be extra angry because they didn't get mad too and I feel like you should be on my side. But then 
something else comes up and then you have a discussion and then you might be slightly irritated by what happened and it might still bother you. But you're de-escalated. Right. And friends are enablers because all, at least my kids' friends are, if my daughter's mad about something, her friends are all mad about it. And she'll come to me and I'll be like, okay, but I don't understand what the big deal is. And then she gets upset with me and she wants to go back and talk to her friends who are mad. So it's great the kids are talking, but if they're talking to other kids who are saying, you're right, you know, when Bobby broke up with you, it was horrible and you're never going to find somebody like him and, and they play into it, that's not helpful. And that's where that having that adult, that parent around is helpful. The kids don't want to hear that. And so that's Chris's point. Like, how do you, is one of the things your your goal is to maybe not just a resource for kids, but maybe a resource for parents who they might not see it, but they might be wondering, okay, I haven't been able to have a real conversation with my kid for three or four months. Right. Where can I go to get some pointers to check, to actually check on my child? And maybe their child really is fine. And they, they find them and their kids just like, yeah, sorry. I'm just, you know, I'm just out of it. And I'm not really talking to anybody. I'm busy with school. But maybe if parents had a resource when they are unable to talk to their kids to learn how to draw them out of their shell, I wonder yeah. how helpful, how much more helpful they could yeah. be. So that's actually, um, there are two things that we're trying to work on. One is just like that, getting something, um, so I'll see, you know, working with community leaders and stuff, getting something in place where parents can be trained and stuff to recognize what's going on, what they should look for. Also, you know, how to talk, how to feel comfortable, stuff like that. So if there's something more in place and something that was, um, you know, advertised more by the whole community, everyone that's involved in this, uh, I think that would help a lot. So that's one thing we're going to be working on. That's awesome. And secondly, um, uh, you know, so let's say kids don't want to talk to their parents or anything. There's actually this survey. It's called the Sharp Survey. Um, happens every other year for middle school and high school students. Um, and ask them uh, mental health questions. Um, so it kind of follows the same group um, every couple of years, kind of see where they're at. So this is a good start, and I think it should be implemented even more. Um, and uh, this last go-around, they were going to have a question about sexual orientation, um, and it was going to be part of it, but then one school district had a problem with it. And so, then the rest did. So that's something we want to get back in because we don't have well, data on. But yeah, that's one of the highest was, reasons. Of was, well, that's perceived as a higher reason, but was that something that the CDC was able to identify? Right. Good question. So, Because when you talk mm -hmm. about crisis, that is something we hear a lot, especially with teen suicide, is I've come out to my family or I've come out to my, my congregation at church uh, and I've been shunned and I can't deal with that. I don't have support. Um, so that's a great question to bring up because... Um, CGC had problems actually asking those questions, being able to find that out. Um, and they were able to interview a total of 40 kids. 40? About that question. Well, so, I mean, that's the thing. So think about this. Okay, they're interviewing parents of kids who have committed suicide. Well, what if that kid committed suicide because they came out and their parents didn't support them? Mm -hmm. What parent is going to tell someone like the CDC in a, in a, in a survey, yeah, my kid came out three weeks before he killed himself. They're not going to say that. Because that, in their mind, they may know already, like, that was it. 
my lack of support for and hope hopefully they in their own mind are beating themselves up for the rest of their life because of that but that's just that's just me throwing my own opinion in there because i think it's horrible well to uh, support that actually um solid county did um some interview and other independent interviews um asking uh people that came out i guess their tendencies towards suicide afterwards and it was it was about 50 percent so it is definitely really high that's insanely high to say when i tell people around me that i've known my whole life that i that i love that i trust something so personal and to have that not come out the right way not not come off the right way that's devastating well especially because they're the same person and it goes along those lines again you loved them before there's nothing actually different about them when they come out and and it's it's not just here in utah i know it's not but it is a cultural thing because the lds church has come out with several things like when they said you know kids who are eight can't get baptized if their parents are are um in a non-traditional marriage because of the support system da, 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 da. that's huge for like if if you're a little eight-year-old lds kid who's been going to your primary lessons and you've been looking forward to nothing but getting baptized and all of your eight-year-old friends are getting baptized and now your parents are the reason that you can't get baptized you either suddenly lose your base of friends because now you either shun your parents or you shun your friends or you you know you you lose your parents you have to disown your parents like that's that's hard for me. I had I've had long discussions with my ex-husband about this because it makes me feel really bad for those kids to be put in a position like that. And I see what the church is meaning. They need support to to study their religion properly, but at the same time to make a kid at that age choose between their parents or their religion it's it's too young. It's it's too hard and it puts too much stress on that kid even if there's nothing wrong with that child now suddenly they have this weird thing this social you know enigma where they may not might not have even recognized it before because at eight they might not even have realized my parents are different yet and their eight-year-old friends might not even have really realized it all that much yet and now it's drawn out into the light and i feel so bad for them one it's it's confusing for multiple reasons, you know, not just that, but, you know, we'll come out with that statement, but then also have, like, the Live Loud Festival and right. be super supportive of that. So there's a lot of mixed messages. And then also, you know, in the, you know, t- deep teachings, the religion, you know, we're not responsible for our sins of our parents. Right. Or of Adam, you know. So, you know, how does that work and stuff? And, yeah, I get their point, too. It's just, you know, the messages are difficult, so it doesn't, it doesn't make it hard. Um, I think that's where you get those ten-year-old suicide things. I think those are more toward the the confusion yeah. with stuff like that, and and the reason that they can't go t- to their parents is because maybe their parents, whether it's their parents' fault or an outside reason, you know, they feel bad. They may feel bad going to their parents because they don't want their parents to feel bad because maybe they love their moms. But now their church has said their moms are bad. Well, how do you go to your mom and you say, you ruined my chance of being baptized, mom, and now I hate you? That's not conflicted well, or anything. I mean, do you think, because the, the 10, we keep going back to like the 10-year-old number, and 
And I'm I'm curious, like, did they break it down by by smaller age groups there, like like ten to twelve, twelve to fourteen? Like what the reasons were? Um, reasons no. So reasons um is the biggest problem, and this is nationwide too. Reasons right. are hard to yeah. get because people, especially when people don't recognize it, yeah. and it happens. The only one that really knows the reason is the one that killed themselves. Instead of the mode, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, they do um, break it down a little bit, I guess. So, suicide uh, ideation and attempt characteristics. Um, so, let's see here. Male, or no, so let's do 10 to 14, about, let's see, 48%. Uh, 15 to 17, 52%. Um, so, I guess, yeah, it's... Almost split from 10 that's, to 14, 15 to 17. That's crazy. I mean, to me, I, I wonder at some level, is it because kids are developing much younger now? I mean, physically developing. Hormones are kicking in at an earlier pace. Um, you know, I, I wonder that if that be. has something to do with it. It could be. Yeah. Or, and they're subjected to so much more now. Like, even the most strict parents, I'm sure, have a really difficult time keeping out the bombardment you get. Well, with 10-year-olds have phones. Well, yeah, they have but I mean, even if you restrict pocket. it and stuff, like they go over to their friends, and maybe their friends' parents aren't watching them as much as they should be, and 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 if you don't know that your kid is seeing something, how do you explain it? I got to be honest. I think the big reason here is they have cell phones and they're seeing porn at such a young age. No, it's not. And that is that is <laughs> why public teen health suicide. Yeah, <laughs> that's why teen su- porn equals teen suicide. Yeah, I'm sure that's that's it exactly. No. So. I just that's not it. That's we gotta not it, end folks. on a happy note because this has been awesome, but kind of well, a downer. So, what's something positive you're working? Well, on? he's working on. Think about well, it. He a just passed that. Thing. That's he a just, huge positive thing. And working he just on passed that bill on the city level. Helped pass that so that we they can have more distilleries there. But no, I think it's yeah. great. Like the that you guys are gonna focus on a parent thing because. Yeah. I mean, I'm 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 kind of past the you know ten to twenty year old suicide group, <laughs> um, but. And, and my kids are, are almost completely grown, but there are struggles. Mm-hmm. I talk to my friends who are, who struggle with their teenagers, like yes. I have struggled mine with mine. And I don't. I've talked to my mom, and she's like, "I don't think it was as hard to be a parent mm-hmm. when I was parenting you forty years ago as it is to be a parent now, because I could I could shelter you more until you're old enough, and I could know what was going on more in your life than now, and to have some and and so to go to her for advice she's like i don't i don't even know where to begin to help you with social media problems there, yeah there, well there was just a lot less exposure to the world whether a parent was careful and sheltering and created naive kids or let the kid do whatever they want and run around town and gallivant and do whatever they wanted the fact of the matter is that the kids ability to interact with the world was limited period in the subject there wasn't internet at least not at the scale there was. There wasn't a computer in your pocket. Um, TV was big, but I mean, what kids? There were 13 channels. What, what kid? What, there weren't 13 channels okay. when you were a kid. You had cable. There was. Dude, I was born in 1975. I, I, had, a, I had a TV <laughs> that I had to get up and turn the dial on. So did I. But by the time you got out of high school, you did not have that right. kind of TV. Right. But then I was out of that range that he's talking about. What? How old were you in high school? <laughs> no, I'm, what I'm trying, I'm just 18. But what I'm saying, babe, is when I was 10, when I grew up as a 10 year old, you're right. There was no, there was no there internet. Wasn't. There and was you, a TV watch, that you got 
you could watch TV, but you know, even then, the exposure via TV was a lot less than it is now. And TVs were more expensive. People had fewer a lot of times, and so they were in communal areas. So, it, so if your parent walked through and was like, "What are you watching?" It was much easier. You were trying to watch late the, at night. the Playboy channel that was like scrambled, <laughs> like on the screen. You're trying to make out the boob amongst no, all I, of the I static. Didn't do that. You weren't a boy. So <laughs> you you're talking about. Um, parent resources but as a non-parent you know i i think as an adult uh male or female you know we can still be a resource for these kids you know a non-biased ear you know that that a kid can come and talk to you if you know whether you're an aunt or an uncle or a neighbor or you know an adult confidence that makes them feel important that you know maybe they're not getting somewhere else and i know i know that i value the ones that that talk to me and and hopefully i'm i'm you know doing well for them but you know it doesn't have to be a parent and so you know having having racist resources for any adult i think would be really really awesome to take advantage of that yeah is there anything that you're working on in that in that realm of of social media of social media exposure and ways to to help kids with that because i know that's a that that plays a big role in a lot of their lives yeah um not directly in social media i mean that's something we're going to look into and in fact a interesting um part of the report was that 12 percent of the kids that committed suicide it was actually happening was of a result of technology being taken away I had was, heard yeah, that. Yeah, which was something that they were not expecting at all. Wow, that's huge. So technology does have something to do. So unplugging um, unplugging like a kid. Can yeah, have think of how devastating of, it was when you got grounded from your Nintendo or your Sega or, you know. But this, th- there you're taking away their people. <laughs> but you have no, to remember, I, my brother is a three-time convicted felon. <laughs> I but now that you grounded. say that, I do recall hearing stuff about that where parents say, fine, that's it, I'm taking away your phone. And now kids who are used to having somebody to Well that's like ripping to. heroin out of someone's like grasp that's a that's an addict. Well think about it. I mean even adults are that addicted to their their devices. Even if it's just for watching movies or you know like you watching magic tournaments or something. Like it it's 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 it is it is it's like taking Stop away telling an people my dirty secrets. Oh please. <laughs> or your connection to the world or something cuz you know that's how you talk to your friends, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, well, yeah. and you know, texting, all that stuff. So your access to everyone then your old, you know, is well, taken I, away. Yeah, so. you're, you're feeling down, you're having a bad time, your mom gets mad at you, she takes away your access to talk to someone about that. Now you're stuck with no one to talk to and feelings of anger and resentment. Well, and, and it could even be, you know, your access to the teen suicide hotline. Like it could right. be that that much because nobody has house phones anymore. Yeah. My question is, is how, how are you going to approach the people um, up on the hill with this? Because it has to be in the back of their minds, but what kind of conversation are you going to start? Yeah. Um, so the conversation is something that the whole you know community needs to get involved with, and I believe they will, and show the legislators that you know the parents will support this. And that we're going to get the parents involved because Utah is very much a state where the parents need to be in charge. They are very, you know, they care a lot about, you know, what their kids are being taught, all that type of stuff. So it is a factor you have to think about. Um, so, you know, you have to go at, you know, into the right channels and say, look, 
we want parents to be the leaders in this and we're this we're going to help them through this policy or this policy and i think that will be able to get the uh, greatest change so if people want to help you how do they how do they do that yeah so um there's a couple ways to help and we can use all the help we can get <laughs> because we're brand new um so you can follow us on social media uh facebook twitter and instagram probably facebook and twitter would be the most important for us um at civolacy so c-i-v-o-l-i-c-y um, there's no t in that no t <laughs> <laughs> just civolacy um yeah follow us uh share our posts invite your friends and then also again we only survive through donations and every every donation that comes to us a hundred percent goes to um, our campaigns to getting change to happen. Um, so there's easy links, civolacy.org donations page. You can do one time donation or a monthly donation, $5 a month, $10. Literally every single dollar helps so much. That's how you can find us. Okay. We have one last question for you because yeah. you are a Utah man through and through. Um, what's one thing that you would tell someone visiting the state for the first time that they had to do before they left? Mm. So I prepared for this question. <laughs> Yay, I like that. Um, so, uh, fact about me, I am crazy about Halloween, scary stuff like that. <laughs> so I think one thing you have to do is take a walk through the Salt Lake City Cemetery. Um, <gasps> it's yeah. awesome. It's huge. There's so much history there, and, and it's just it's a great place, and there's some scary stories. You can go find um, the... Uh, 666 lady and there's a grave there and yeah it's it's an awesome place so really great and you can see the whole valley from the graveyard too unless you know the the porn problem is polluting your air (laughs) 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 yeah you got to be careful though in the graveyard like in the cemetery you may run into like loose penises from porno (laughs) (laughs) they might trip you out I don't think that's gonna. I I don't think that's ever gonna not be funny to talk about how porn is a health crisis in the yeah. state of Utah. Yeah, I agree. Well, thanks yeah. so much for joining us, Alex. Thank you so a, much for having. Been a. I, I want to say a fun conversation, but it's been it's really been a good conversation. It been. <laughs> it's been a good one. It's good for people to hear. I think. Important yeah, it's important. It's important. So. And and I would like to mention too. Um, you know, if 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 you are listening, if if you are. You know, feeling like you don't have anyone to talk to, you can always call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Uh, it's 1-800. It's really hard to read from down below, so I picked this up. 1-800-273-8255. Um, call them anytime. Someone's always going to be there uh, waiting to take your call and, and just talk to you. They and didn't. you can always message Jess. She'll just message you back. That's true. <laughs> yeah. true. Jess, however, does require porn. Be <laughs> and socks. Not porn of yourself. It can be anything. Like, you can go get, like, the firefighter calendar or something. She doesn't care. <laughs> Thanks so much, Alex. Thank you. Thanks again to Alex for uh, that conversation. Um, it was... I still, I'm going to say it was fun. I enjoyed the conversation quite a bit. Uh, the, you have to talk about teen suicide if you want to make it better. It doesn't right. get better by not talking about it. So It's cool to see somebody on the younger side of things who's interested in making a difference yeah. in politics. You don't see that very often. Yeah. I was excited that he was already working on something that I was like, that's point of view. Because that means that he really is listening to people and their concerns and stuff. Because... 
I'm not the only one that feels that way. And so that's awesome. Yeah, and I don't know how old he was, but he did not look very old. Ten. He looked sub. Ten. He looked sub thirty. He drove himself here. Okay, so he's sixteen. So he's, ten. Well, he might be eighteen because it's Utah, so no, he might have waited. He served a mission in hour. Yeah, okay, so, so he's, he's got to be twenty-two. Mid twenties. No, doesn't have to be twenty-two anymore. But he's also served uh, the governor's office. He did. He did go to Utah. Uh, so he's he's probably in his late twenties, maybe early twenties to late mid to late twenties. I would anyway, say. Anyway, however old he is, he's doing a good job. He's smart. I think he's got his pulse on the state, and that's what we need. Yeah, and I thought about doing some news, but uh, I'm going to talk about the one story because I think it's really cool. Um, and I I didn't realize this, but I want to talk about Christmas traditions. Uh, I just this just popped in my head earlier, and I thought it would be appropriate. So all of us will be wholly unprepared except you. Uh, I just literally just popped into my head a few minutes ago. That's so how every show is. It's okay. Like the tire. It just, just pop and you just hop the fence and I'm that, sure now you're there in I'm our backyard. I'm sure you'll correct me on some of the Christmas <laughs> traditions that I talk about. It's um, legislator and legislature. Great. Breathe okay. the corrector. Hey, grammar Nazi, can you take a night off? <laughs> That, it's a peeve. It's a pet peeve. You are you pronounce them incorrectly. Are those swastikas all on your ears? Are those grammar swastikas on your ears? <laughs> They're Christmas grammar trees. Sw- Christmas, Christmas trees. Grammar swastikas. <laughs> Can you create a logo out of that or something? <laughs> hi, Bree's mom. I'm gonna make you some. I'm gonna make you like little clay ones. That was Jeremy, mom. Jeremy saying uh, hi to you. So anyway, so I did want to ah, talk second about second call out to my mom. So Salt Lake City, uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, has the pleasure of being is it the first to have an even distribution if not if not the first one of the first so salt lake city council has four openly lgbtq members and four non-lgbtq members that is very in, cool including the openly gay mary uh, mary, mary. <laughs> <laughs> openly gay mary mayor. uh jackie biskupski um but there are th- Mayor, yeah. not Mary. But there are three other uh, openly. They're all they're all gay, right? Yep. Yeah. So is it the headline that says Salt Lake City makes history by electing its queerest city council ever? Yeah, that's a hell of a that's a hell of a it's uh, a hell of a title, Salt Lake Tribune. Thanks for keeping it queer. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think they could have probably figured out a better title than that for the article. Oh, who was that? The Tribune? No. Nope. Well, who was it? It wasn't local. Who was it? I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> so they're just telling me no. It says impact or into more. Intomore.com. Okay, so it's probably a LGBTQ uh, publication. So then it's probably okay. It's still a dumb title. I, I don't, don't think care. so. I think it's nice. I don't discriminate if you're lesbian or gay. If your title's dumb, I'm still going to say it's dumb. <laughs> I wasn't dumb saying title. that. I was trying to <laughs> be nice because I <laughs> so, think that they're gay. Anyway, I think it's really cool. They did a little write-up on each of them. Um, and it's it's a testament not to... Uh, it's a testament to how progressive Salt Lake has become, not to necessarily how gay Salt Lake is. Um, it's a, it, it says a lot about the people of Salt Lake City, that they are able to elect people that are openly out uh, based on the merit of who they are and not who they love or who they identify and with from a represent. sexual standpoint. But yeah, but what they believe in, what they represent, uh, and, and how they'll vote. And that's really freaking cool. And I know it's just Salt Lake City, and in any red state there's always a lot of liberals in bigger cities, but it's still a huge deal. It is it's a big deal. And I like what you said. It's more about 
what they stand for. That's what's far more important. Yeah. Yeah. They it's, don't have they don't necessarily have an R or a D next to their title. Exactly. Exactly. No, because they have all the other letters. L G B T Q M N O P. and the the thing is this is when we talk about getting involved, when we talk about making a difference, we talked about it with Alex. We talked about it with, um, what's his name? Josh. 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 Uh, this is where that with happens. Kat? By getting involved in your city councils, by getting involved in county council, by getting involved in your legislator uh, at the state legislature. level. Legislature. <sighs> <laughs> we done yet? I'm going to keep saying it wrong. You know that, right? Just to piss you off now. Uh, I, I just think it's cool. I wanted to mention it. I didn't want to finish the sale. episode without it. Um, potato, potato. I was going to say something else, but that's mean. Don't be mean. Uh, I'm just trying okay. to make you sound more intelligent. So Christmas traditions. So I don't know if you guys all have them. I know I do. Um, and I just wanted to talk about You really don't have many though. Like no, I yours don't. Are I don't. So one of the Christmas tr- traditions that I have, and I don't exactly remember where I picked it up. This wasn't something that I did as a kid. Um, but is something that uh, I always do now and I really enjoy it, um, is I make clam chowder on Christmas Eve. So we always have clam chowder on Christmas Eve. We invite Bree's mom over. We used to invite grandma over uh, before she passed. Which, which We forced style? my family to eat it. Bo- Boston style? Boston? No, what is it? The style of clam chowder. New England clam New England, chowder. that's what I was trying to Because that's the other Gosh. one that uses to... Isn't it to yeah, so the Manhattan, Manhattan stuff is a, is a tomato-based. Yeah. Uh, and not a fucking chowder, by the way. Tomato-based is not a chowder. Uh, but the, no, I do the Boston <laughs> the Boston clam chowder, the New England clam chowder, the cream-based. The good kind. And we... Used, uh, we, we uh, not the we, Bloody Mary mix. No. We hosted our oh, my family so Christmas party one year, and we did that in the... It was actually a pretty big hit, and people thought it would be weird, and, and everybody loved it, and we ran out... Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I like doing it. I like doing it in bread bowls. It's it's a. I mean, it's a. As far as soups go, it's a fairly extravagant soup. It's really not that difficult to make, um, but it's delicious. I love it, and even our even our girls like it. Um, so, that's one of the traditions. I actually don't know where I came up with it. I started it when I was an adult. Um, I just decided, and it started probably with like Progresso. Um, <laughs> you got to start somewhere. Uh, but I always, you know, I maybe uh, maybe a friend when I was a kid did it, uh, but always on Christmas Eve uh, in the evening. That's that's. So I'm assuming you make it like fresh and real. It's not out of oh, a yeah. can. Oh yeah, no, no, no. And it's 100 percent from scratch. It's I mean, I don't, deal. I don't go get the clams and chop them up. I buy canned clams because clams in Utah in the winter not probably not, not the best idea. Not so easy to come by. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, out there they use like the big like gooey duck style clams, but uh, I just you could probably get some clams. good ones from Market Street. Maybe, but I'd rather just get clam chop chopped clams out of a can. That's fine. Say that really fast, like three no, times. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I and of course you have to use a lot of clam juice. So, <coughs> do you guys? <coughs> yes, I'm sure we all have traditions. Mine is baking. It doesn't matter. Oh, and sending Christmas cards. It doesn't matter how poor I am every single year. Even one year I had to go to the dollar store just so I could send Christmas cards because I didn't have any money. But I really wanted to send Christmas that. cards. And in fact, you, if you go to Savers like during the <laughs> month of November, 
Seriously, they have boxes of almost completely full Christmas cards. Oh, that's cards. a good idea, actually. <laughs> like people like just yeah. add them. Well, like, you like do the one or two, or that you're cleaning out grandma's attic, and there's like a ton there's of leftovers. Christmas cards. I have leftovers. Or my daughter's my daughter's bedroom when she goes off to college, probably. It's, I, it, it's true. Yeah, <laughs> treat plates. Treats treat plates is probably my tradition. Any other traditions, like with your family or things <laughs> that you do? <laughs> no, my family's no traditions. All my traditions are just carried on by myself. So. That's okay. That's okay. Do you put up a tree? Usually. Is it a big tree, a little tree, Charlie it's Brown It's invisible tree. right now. A real tree, a fake tree? Real. It, it has to be real. Char- I grew up I grew up with uh, real trees. What do you do so with a real tree after Christmas? I give it to my uncle and he burns it in his fire pit. Okay. See, that's cool. I don't like people that just throw them in the garbage. It annoys the fuck out of me. Riverton City collects them and mulches them and then puts them in their mulch. That's good because it's free, right? The yeah. mulch oh, yeah. is free yeah. out of the city. Yeah, so, so there's one of the, the parks that's just down Yeah, from Eagle where Mountain does that too. They yeah, have a, a, a drop. And then they'll take them and they'll put yeah. them to the big shredder and then they'll use them on their grounds in the parks and whatever as mulch. So I'm down with that. That's what good. Else? My, my parents were not like my biological mom. She was a very traditional. That's where I get all of my everything your from. desire to do things traditional but, yeah but like my my dad and my stepmom didn't grow up in traditional homes it was never like important and so like they only did it for us if they didn't have kids they probably wouldn't celebrate anything so yeah and christmas uh, for me it's not i talked a little bit about how excited i get in the morning but it's not christmas is not my favorite holiday if christmas didn't happen it wouldn't be the end of the world to me so what do you do jeremy so there's you have the, like a huge ass family. It's yeah, I mean, Heather, right? Do you guys split no, in half? Oh. Do you split in half where you go? Okay, we're only going to allow ten of our family members to see us. Are <laughs> <laughs> you going to pick? So you it's, draw. It's kind of funny as as a lottery to see who gets to come over that <laughs> day. Who do you get as, to see? as time has gone by, my various siblings have kind of come out with a lot of their own traditions, and so we we get together somewhat, but not like we used to. We used to all of us on Christmas Eve, like all of us on Christmas Eve. But that's kind of... Well, that's hard to do once the 20 of you all have 20 kids. Yeah. And now there's, you know, 6,000 people trying to meet together for <laughs> yeah, Christmas. Your it, math is poor. It's tough. It's so tough. is yours. I was hoping you were going to correct big. me. <laughs> that's measurement. So I did. So, so growing I'm up, huge, we, by the way. we had some traditions growing up. Um for example, one of them was I remember um, making cookies with my mom, just different kinds of cookies. We'd spend the, the couple of weeks up till Christmas making cookies, and then we'd freeze them. And then Christmas Eve, we'd get the cookies out and we'd do our little thing and have cookies and chocolate milk and and put out cookies for Santa. Um, but as as an adult, Christmas is definitely more for your kids, and I'm sure you can attest to that, Bree. Yours are getting older, so it's a little different now. But I'm sure when you Christmas is for me, and it's always been about me. Well, I, that's true. That She's an good, only child. That is a very good. You point. can't relate with no, 20, relate. twenty brothers and sisters. I was in a, a small army, so I cannot relate. But um, so it's it's for me now as an adult. It it has a lot more to do with my kids. So one of the things that we do with our kids is at Christmas Eve, they all get pajamas that they get to open, and so that's their their kind of Christmas Eve thing that they get to open. That's interesting. That's uh, something Bree's mom does that for us, actually. That's Still does the jammies and or robes. She never did that for me when I was a kid. That wasn't but something I did growing up. No, yeah. my mom never did that for me as a kid. She did started doing it when I was pregnant with Cassidy. She gave me uh, a nightgown 
cutest nightgown. I hated having to get rid of it, but like it was a pregnancy nightgown and it was ginormous because um, I was eight months pregnant with Cassidy. Um, and just ever since then, and sometimes she would ha- uh, make them homemade and now she just buys them. But jammies. Back in the day. So that, that's kind of good Christmas Eve present. Things we did now Christmas Eve. And then as a kid, I remember um, we would pair off in groups and we'd spend the night in various siblings' rooms, obviously, all of us could not stay in one room, so we would break it up and we, but we'd stay in rooms. And of course, you're not going to sleep, but it was it was fun being able to. I s- never had a problem falling asleep for Christmas. Stay. You up. never have a problem falling asleep. <laughs> <period>. <laughs> and so, I mean, now we let our kids do that too. We let them have sleepovers or whatever you want to call it because they're not sleeping. Uh, but th- that was some of the things that we we did growing up. So I still <clears throat> do Santa presents and make my kids like talk about Santa like he because he is like real. And I have special Santa paper that is only used for stocking gifts. And all of those presents stay hidden. And so I still wait until my kids are asleep and I put out extra presents. The problem now is they don't go to bed. I know. <laughs> they stay up until five. Sometimes in the morning. It, was it last year or the year before last where you just got up your normal early and you're like, Babe, the kids went we fell asleep before the kids did and we never put out the presents, so I'm just gonna go do it now. And you did it like Christmas morning. Yep, that's how it works, because I get up earlier than any fucking person in this but house. But I remember like when my kids were little, we would we used to go to midnight mass every single Oh, fuck. Every I remember you going to Midnight Mass. Not yeah. even all that long I've ago. gone to Midnight Mass. Fucking, no. It's a terrible thing. It, I, I, I still kind of miss it, but it is, it's It's cold so and it's hard tiring. and stuff. But, no um, one likes it cold and hard. <laughs> but, Warm and hard. But, but um, <laughs> my grandpa, when I, I was pastors. when I was pregnant with Cassie, my grandpa was still around and he was still in the Knights of Columbus and he could still get us in at the cathedral. And I remember being eight months pregnant, standing at the cathedral and being so grateful that I didn't have to stand on the front steps to get in, be able to go in through the back door. But midnight mass at the cathedral, um, you know, the one, that cool. one thing that you should do before you leave, if you're here at Christmas time, um, and you're visiting family here at Christmas time and you happen to catch this podcast and you can get a ticket to do it, you really should. It, if just you can go. get a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> At go see. If it wasn't well, at midnight. You have to understand the cathedral, if you've it's ever tiny. it's small. It's yeah. really small. It doesn't fit very many people. No. So But it's incredible. It like it's six. It's then it wouldn't be midnight mass, Jeremy. <laughs> it's incredibly beautiful. <laughs> I'm and with you though. The with you. the it's ceremony behind it is amazing. The mass itself is just the ceremony that, that's involved is is actually what really the part of the Catholic Church that I really love is all the ceremony. And Remember Father Rob that used to smoke cigars with you? Absolutely. He used to do midnight mass at 11 o'clock because he's like, it ends after midnight <laughs> because he he was not a fan of... So that's of, the problem. It starts uh, at midnight, then it goes okay. to like what? No, no, no. Here's the other problem. It usually goes to like 1.30, almost 2. Yeah. Ugh. And the reason why is because so many fucking people go, and if you've ever been to a Catholic mass, here's how it works. Up, down, up, down. Up, down, up, down. Up, down. Repeat some words, say some things, sing a song, listen to some Bible. Up, up down, down, up, up down. down. <laughs> Priest says a couple things. There's and more then, singing. There's more then, singing. Yeah, there's like three or four songs in there. And then, and so this, at this point, everything is just perfectly timed. It's maybe the priest talking 
is like an extra five to 15 minutes, maybe a little bit, you know, but it's, it's less than 15 minutes total most of the time. Uh, so you're at about 45 minutes, right? Normal Catholic mass at that point is communion. Communion at a Catholic mass is not pass a roll of bread around and have people take bread and grape juice and drink it. No, no, no. It's not pieces of chunk up wonder bread that just get passed in a tray. It is everyone lines up row by row, goes up and receives the body of Christ and then drinks the wine out of the cup and spreads plague and then goes (laughs) and and kneels down where they were if they can or sits if they can't. In Uh, their place, back in their pew. But when you have a mass that is full. Standing room only. Yeah. That takes like a fucking hour. So the thing is, is so I've always to leave at that point. It is so, no, it it's, is it's very actually rude to leave. it's actually against the rules if you're following traditional Catholic rules to leave before mass is over. Oh. Um, but again, because I'm you know an only child and I think that I have to do everything in a special way. Um, after I had Cassie, I became um, a minister in the church. And so I would Which lecture. Which means she had to show up early and she left late. So I would lecture and I I could get, I could give out communion. Um, and so I never had to worry about spots or, or tickets or anything because there was, I started going to my local parish and. Do they and have more than one person hand out the communion? Yeah. Oh yeah. You have, usually it's the priest and the deacon. When there's 600 people waiting to get it, there's, there's usually two or three people handing out two. the host. Gotcha. No, At least there's, in my there's been three before. Uh, especially Midnight Mass. Yes, there has. Who watches it and who stands there with the wine cup in their hand? All right, fine. <laughs> so anyway. Is it so cheap wine or is it the good stuff? No, it's cheap it's as shit. shit. It's cheap as shit. So there was a lady at the liquor store yesterday and she had boxed wine and wild and like they're really cheap like bottom shelf bourbon and I was like. Boxed wine's not bad. It's a myth. Anyone that says it's bad. It it's depends on the box. I was judging her. Some box <laughs> wine is very good. If it was black boxes. But that plastic Canadian whiskey, that is horrible. That is always horrible. I don't know what it was, but it was definitely a plastic bottle. But anyway, so it's, it takes forever. Anyway, it's 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 a lovely tradition. It's a tradition that I used to do. And then we would come home and the girls would be like finally kind of tired because they'd been sitting through mass. And so we'd put them in their pajamas and put them to bed. And then I'd put out the gifts. Well, now we don't really go to church anymore, and and the girls like to stay up and watch movies because, like, they like to get the presents and stuff. But the whole, I think Cassie's moving toward you know really liking the tradition of it and stuff. Um, but it's it's getting harder and harder to put those presents out. And Chris is an unusually selfish person and likes to make sure that anything that he really 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 likes is a tree gift because he. Likes to take full credit because, you know, maybe the girls don't know that the, the stocking presents are from us. I'm not sure. And so I'm only allowed to give out like, um, like little bullshit. You give out bullshit for stocking stuffers is what you And so out. anyway, it's easier now because nothing is, is big and, and unwieldy usually. So if you thought sold mini bottles, that would answer so many problems. I know <laughs> that would be it. Just full of mini bottles. So I just have, I have my, so many traditions. My mom, because I grew up, I didn't. we didn't have money. And one of the things my mom always did, stocking stuffers were always shitty little toys. Like, and I guarantee whatever is wrapped up there for me is some stupid little toy like an RC car or something. Because my mom, even though I'm in my late 30s, my mother still buys me toys like RC cars drones and, and drones and, and shit every Christmas. Well, to be honest, last year you got two drones, one from your mom and one from mine. I no played, dream catchers. I played with one. 
for like five seconds. And I don't like dream catchers. My mom does. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> have so, I told? Have I told? Yes. 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 So I like. I have so many traditions, and and Chris and I were talking because now that my grandma's passed, I've. A lot of I've, those are just going to go by the wayside. I've, um, I've, I've kind of, I'm kind of grateful because sometimes it was, it was too much. Like the family always did this on Christmas Eve and always did this on Christmas Day, and then this is how you do this, and this is how this works. And it's kind of, kind of nice to have that, that laid back thing. But the tree always still goes up the day after Thanksgiving to the point where my 20 year old daughter makes sure, now mom, you're putting the tree up after Christmas, right? Uh, or I mean, after Thanksgiving, right? Um, and then, unlike a lot of people, I like to take my decorations down before the New Year because I know that they're beautiful and they're shiny and sparkly. But I like to start my New Year with a nice, clean house. Yeah, and I don't like to have the tree up until July, like my neighbors up the street. Do <laughs> I just saw that picture. I don't know why that showed up. All the, my memories, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I, sometimes I wonder if or they like even take it down. Like my neighbor that put it up. No, Halloween they night. do. I actually think I actually found out why the tree stayed up that year. And there is a little memorial pennant outside of their front door. Aww. I think their son died. Well, yeah, and they have on both he of was their an, cars. He they was have an, memorials. Too. He he was older too. He wasn't like a teenager. He was, he was a football player and a baseball player. Yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. and he, he passed away, and I think he passed away around Christmas. You guys, and I don't even have a Christmas tree yet. Jessica, you just get a fucking Charlie Brown tree. No, has to be big and fluffy. See, here's the thing. Beautiful and smogged. If I was going to put up a tree, and it was four or five days before Christmas, mm, fuck it. Yeah, but how long do you leave up your tree? Because some people, like I said, they well, leave up for how lazy I am, basically. Sometimes it's May. <laughs> but now, actually, before, yeah. <laughs> no. When all the needles have fallen the off last, and it's a fire hazard. It's like, easier like, to carry out the door that way. It's a lot easier to cut in half once the needles fall off. No, it's true when you can just break fire. it. <laughs> um, the last, like, five or six years, I haven't, I've had to rely on someone else to, like, bring in my tree and take it out. And But now I have an SUV, so I can do it on my own. So, I don't know. Well, I think that's going to do it for the night, guys. Um Thanks for listening to us. Thanks to our guest again, Alex, for uh, talking with us. Um, Savalasi, uh, at Savalasi on a whole bunch of different shit. Savalasi.org. That's C-I-V-O-L-I-C-Y. No T. In case you're you're wondering, no T. So thanks again for that. And hopefully you have a a wonderful holiday. Uh, A Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. I don't fucking care if you celebrate nothing. Um, Have a you, happy vacation if yeah. you're not celebrating anything. If you're into the the, the winter solstice, then you know celebrate the winter solstice. Um, 21st. Yeah, it's coming up. There's probably someone doing something somewhere. Um, <laughs> so and enjoy it, uh, and we'll we'll see you next week. We're not missing a show. Uh, we're we're going to record an episode and have it out for you next Wednesday. So if you want to get a hold of us at TNU Podcast on Twitter or on Facebook. Uh, the new Utah podcast or the new Utah podcast.com. If you want to check out our blog, lots of fun stuff there. Always. <laughs> always. No, just the new Utah.com. Uh, Don't Peter, put podcasts uh, in there. <laughs> Peter, thanks for all your feedback. Seriously. It's, it's been a pleasure uh, to, to hear those messages and, and to hear your feedback. And if you guys have anything you want to tell us, just tell us. We'll, 
pretty open. If we think it's stupid, we'll just, we'll just talk keep eating popcorn it. on the yeah, air. Yeah, we'll just keep eating popcorn <laughs> on the air because we're not professionals. Um, <laughs> uh, we're talking we do, about we, that for like two months. I know. We look. We do actually. We do actually take a, a lot of comments uh, and and uh, adjust things. If if you like certain things or don't, just let us know. Uh, we'll talk about it and and maybe we'll keep it. Maybe we'll get rid of it. If you want us to get rid of Jess, you can go fuck yourself because um, <laughs> she basically makes sure the show happens every week. Uh, and uh, that's about it. So thanks. Have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Fucking really, Jeremy? You're not going to say Merry Christmas, you dick? <laughs> 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 Merry Christmas. <laughs>